Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. He would be Griffin. We got a lot to do on a Thursday edition of the program. Obviously, big series starts tonight in Baltimore. Orioles, Rays, Towson Zone. Andy Freed is going to join us. Rays play-by-play voice. How have the Rays managed to stay alive and get back within two games, despite the fact that they lost all of their pitchers and Wander Franco? We'll let him explain it to us. I don't want to talk about last night, but we'll have to. We will preview the uh, Ravens-Bengals game. Our buddy Rocky Boyman from WLW out in Cincinnati, former NFL linebacker, he'll check in with us. Plus, Giovanni Bernard. I think he just goes by Gio these days. Yeah. I think it's all it is. Gio Bernard. He is making his debut as a broadcaster this Sunday as he will be calling Ravens-Bengals for Sports USA Radio. We'll check in with Gio Bernard to preview Sunday's game as well. And it's Thursday, so we'll make some picks. KZ, I think, is going to check in with us. We had to move some things around this morning, so that's more like a I hope situation. I hope he can still do it. And uh, Tyus Bowser show segment number two with Rashad Bateman all coming up this morning as well. So a lot to do on the program today. Tyus Bowser show, of course, is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We had a great time. If you weren't with us at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Tuesday night, shame on you. It was awesome. Could not have had a better time. And it's really simple. We are bringing Tyus and his friends, teammates, all around town, all throughout the season, again this year. We do the show. Myself and Rita hang out with them during the uh, commercial breaks. We allow you all to come up and say hello, take some pictures, and you know, this week Rashad was signing autographs for everybody, and it's it couldn't be simpler. We have a great time doing it, and we would like to have you there with us. So not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, September 26th, just make your plans. Block everything out. Say, I'm going to be there Tuesday, September 26th, as we'll be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the next Tyus Bowser show. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Unpleasant evening. I, I, I guess let's state the good. If there is a good to be found, it's of course that Kyle Gibson was very good last night. Now, that's been deceptive. It feels like once every three or four, four starts yeah. or so, Kyle Gibson is really good. So I think that Kyle Gibson being good last night is as valuable as whatever he does the next time out. Because remembering that Kyle Gibson was good once, and I know it's something that Stan brings up all the time. Well, this is just the way it is with Kyle Gibson, right? I, that's not okay. That doesn't work for the playoffs. You can't just sort of have hopes and dreams that a guy might have his good start that day. World Series are one on hopes and dreams. Everybody knows that. That's true. Um if he backs it up, if he has a couple more good starts, I I think that right now everything's kind of up in the air. If John Means, if this is a sign from John Means, then John Means is going to be in the playoff rotation. And that would mean there wouldn't be a spot available for Kyle Gibson. Unless, of course, Grayson Rodriguez's arm is falling off. 
and the Orioles get to a point where they're going to have to shut him down. I was we were talking with Adam Jones last night on uh, 1057 the fan and Adam's like, "Dude, no 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 no. You're not that's not happening. You're not doing that." And I get it. I get where he's coming from. Like you're trying to win something. I, I when I use that term, I'm I'm not saying it, expecting it. I'm saying that if at some point it looks like he's laboring again in his next start, the start after that, Grayson Rodriguez is too important for the Orioles in the big picture. And they might be forced to think about it. I don't have any inside information. I'm not suggesting it's something that's going to occur, and I hope that he comes out next time and he looks wonderful. But that could open up competition for a rotation spot. The bad from last night is obvious. Hang on. Two layers. The first bad is, of course, Drew Rahm and Richie Palacios kicked your ass. This, Of course that happened. Of course that was what occurred, is that those two guys kicked your ass. I mean, kind of should have seen that coming. That's sort of on us. It's like Adrian Amos having a touchdown, uh, interception return for a touchdown a few years ago when the Bears beat the Ravens in Baltimore. The Bears. My friend pointed out that apparently tonight is Towson night, I guess. Oh, of course and, it is. And he said, he said, thank goodness that the Cardinals are leaving because who knows. Yeah, Ricky Palacios <laughs> might have had a five home run game. Might have set a new MLB record. God. He nearly got uh, Mateo. He nearly got Jorge Mateo out, too, on top of it on the infield hit that broke up the no-hitter. Jesus, man. And, yes, Drew Rahm. We should not be surprised by it whatsoever. Of course, Drew Rahm was going to look brilliant in his first start against the Orioles, and we're all going to sit there and say to ourselves, huh, but we have Jack Flaherty. <laughs> I, Who's getting a standing ovation tomorrow night. I mean, I don't feel like that movement has spread the way that we wanted it to spread, but I'm still in favor of it. we got time. Look, man, I we're going to have to deal with it at some point, but it absolutely is looking like, we're going to be thinking about that. You, you know how we think about the um, the Gerardo Parra trade? And we couldn't even tell you what the other side of it was. Like, we all know that the Orioles insanely dealt for Gerardo Parra. We don't even remember what they gave up to get Gerardo Parra. Oh, it was, it was Zach Davies, That's apparently. right. That's right, it was. Now, for what it's worth... I don't think that any of us believe that Zach Davies was going to be. Right. I mean, not. This is the difficult part about it. Is that it's how I feel about the Flaherty. The, the other side of it was, yes, you had to pay a real price, but like a real price, you know, not one of the top prospects in the system. The part of one was unacceptable because that team stunk. I mean, like that team wasn't doing anything that year. That was laughable that they made that trade. This one, you could at least back up and say you understood what the thought process was. Like try, you're winning the, the LE. Like the you're cost, the, LEs. the cost of getting pitching was brutal at the trade yeah. deadline. You had to do anything you could to try to get pitching. It's just that the pitcher you got stinks, and you gave up real prospects in the process, including one who's already at the major league level and kicking your ass. Oh boy, oh boy. And then there's the other thing, of course. I mean, look. In general, it's not good to not score a run. Like, if I, if if I, if it were me, I would have scored one. I don't want to be the guy, the hot take artist around here, but if I were making the decisions, I would have scored a run. Okay, just putting that out there. If you ask me, score one. That's what I would have done. 
The Ryan Mountcastle thing sucks. It's also weird because it seems like it's a fait accompli that, like, they know he's going to be sidelined. They are apparently, like, being cautious in how they talk about it, and they're saying, hey, we're just going to say he's day-to-day, and we're going to bring up Heston Kerstad in case, but we're not we're not committing yet to the idea that Heston Kerstad is making his debut this weekend. This is more like... We just want to have him ready in case he's necessary. And I understand that. It's the position that they're in. If they know that Ryan Mountcastle's hurt and is going to miss time, which at this point feels like it could be season-ending, that sucks. It sucks because Ryan Mountcastle's story has been one of the coolest stories of the season. And it sucks because he's been simply a reliable bat. And to lose one more reliable bat, it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow. I had some folks that were texting me in my life last night that said it was starting to feel like 2014 all over again. Of course, the last time the Orioles won the division, and when you have to you can't help but think back and wonder what if. Because of Manny Machado, because of Chris Davis. Because you think about what if they had their full complement of players for that playoff run, what would have happened? And then we got to remember, they didn't win a single game against the Royals, so suggesting that that was a four-game difference, I don't know. But we all think about it. We all eternally wonder what would have happened had they had Chris Davis and Manny Machado for the 2014 playoff run. I don't think this team was ever going to be in line to win a World Series. The 2014 team, I think, genuinely had the opportunity to win a World Series. I've always thought it was rich, even before the Batista injury, to assume that this team was genuinely... It was more like, well, they're there, so everybody's got a shot, than it was that you genuinely believed this was a World Series championship-caliber group. But it wasn't impossible. And the idea of now losing both Batista and perhaps Mountcastle as well makes it difficult or far more difficult to believe it plausible that you could piece your way to winning a World Series. Now, I'm not trying to paint Mountcastle as being as important as Batista. He's not. Which some of you will snicker at and say, well, he plays every day. The Orioles have enough position players and enough bats that you should be able to figure out your way. Presumably, Ryan O'Hearn becomes the quote-unquote everyday first baseman again. Heston Kerstad is not going to be here to not get at bats. He's going to play. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. They'd just bring up Josh Lester or whatever. He's going to get at bats. What it looks like, we'll find out, as long as we need to find out. Again, we'll knock on wood. We don't necessarily need to find out. It stings. And again, we're, we're speculating. Maybe it's not that long-term of injury. Maybe he could be back before the playoffs begin. I don't know. But the feel ain't great. And going into your biggest series of the season, having lost back-to-back games and potentially lost one of your top bats, I guess. Your yeah, most yeah. consistent offensive performers in the second half of the season, 
He'd been it is, second for yeah, the yeah, last month or so. It, it is a rough vibe going into this weekend. This is baseball. Nothing that happened yesterday matters today. I, I don't know how to explain the Orioles' bats just suddenly, after carrying this team for a little while, I don't know how to explain them going 1-for-12 with runners in scoring position on Tuesday and then barely managing a hit last night. Does it have something to do with, I mean, it seems like they're just better at hitting pitchers that throw harder. Like, you know, Wainwright yeah, I, I, and Rom it, it, don't some, A lot the, of people have brought that yeah. up, that when you get these meat, like these these junk, junk ballers, yeah. that like they just, for whatever reason, they have struggled all season against junk ballers. You're not going to get that in Savale, obviously. God, what a get that was for them. Jesus Christ. They got Savale, we got Flaherty. Just worked out really well. God, I keep thinking about that. Um, yeah, I, sure, but it's not. It's it's kind of excuse making. You know what I mean? Like th- that's not that doesn't make it acceptable. You hope that's all it is, and you hope that they bounce back nicely, and that they're ready to go this weekend, and they're ready to score some runs. Although, if I remember correctly, the Rays games this season have not largely been high run. Scoring no. affairs. They had, like they, right. they scored four off of Glass now in the first inning one time, didn't they? That smells right. Yeah, and they ended up scoring. That was wasn't that the game where like it ended up being really close. Like they had to use Bautista, and we didn't want them to, and they won like eight to five or something. It does something about that? Does yeah. yeah. Boy, you've got a decent memory. Uh, if that is the only correct. one I think I can think of. <laughs> All right, hang on a second. Oh, Orioles. Oh, for God's sake, this website stinks. Jesus Christ, I just want to find the results against the Rays specifically, for God's sakes. They have won six out of nine, so they're six right, and three. Right, so the first series was in May. It was 3 nothing, four two two one games. Mm-hmm. The next series was the two-game series. That was the 8-6 eight, eight, six, six, game yeah. that you referenced. Then they lost 7-2. So there's one game so far where they've really scored runs. Then uh, the series in July, 4-3, uh, 3-0, 6-5, 5-3. So they've scored... Five or more runs three times this season against the Rays. So I mean, that's not maybe I'm I'm, I'm mischaracterizing it. I feel like I thought every game was in that like forty-two yeah. Yeah, territory for the Orioles and the Rays this season, but that's not necessarily the case. So I'm I I can't claim victory on that one. That's a loss for my brain. Been a lot of those recently. It has been an ass kicking. We have turned into the Detroit Lions of what year did they go? 0 and 16. 08. 08. Yeah, we yeah, turned 08. into the 0 and 8, the uh, 08 Detroit Lions. My brain. Yikes! And what year did the Browns go 0 and 16 when Kyle said they're going to win six games? 19, 18, Somewhere 18. in that range. 16. Somewhere in that no. range. I don't remember, man. Yeah, you're asking. You're asking the guy with the winless brain <laughs> to be the one to come up with the answer to the 2017. question. 2017. 2017. Yeah, I'm the 27. My brain is the 2017 Cleveland Browns. It is not great. Just not great. Um, But, alas, alas, we will see how it goes. And as I keep saying, it's baseball, man. It's baseball. It's been a bad feeling. There's a bad vibe. There's some bad juju at the moment. All that can change in one game. All it takes is tonight they go score some runs. That's it. I know it sounds stupid. And you also have your best starting pitcher on the mound tonight. That is the other good news. The guy that you count on the most is the guy that's throwing tonight. 
So Kyle Bradish goes out and shoves against the Rays tonight, and the Orioles score five runs, and they win 5-2. to two. Then all of a sudden, and they're back up by three games, then all of a sudden the vibes completely change, no matter what's going on with Ryan Outcastle. That plays out tonight. The vibes are utterly and completely different. The Orioles really only need a split with the Rays this weekend. If they were to win the series, they'd essentially shut the door. If they somehow were to win three out of four this weekend, they'd basically, they'd be up by four games again. They'd basically shut the door at that point. If they can just split, maintain a little bit of distance, I think we'd feel okay. Eh, Maybe we'll never feel okay until it's locked up. Let me take that back. Maybe we won't feel okay. I hate putting that like that it requires them to take three out of four this weekend in order for us to feel good. Three out of four, again, essentially shuts, it ends things. It all but, it doesn't. As long as they don't roll over in that Houston series, I guess. But even if they were, they'd be up four, they would have room to survive a rollover at that point. And you would think that if you take three out of four from the Rays, it would be deflating for the Rays' Ray. Not demoralizing, but deflating for the Rays as well. It would be a. A tougher thing, and again, I'm not suggesting that means they don't win they, another they game. They get the, the Angels rest of the next week after the Orioles. That's that's so. that is beneficial yes. to them. All right, fine. They got to win three out of four. That's what it is. <laughs> three out of four, or, or they're losing the series. They do still have uh, the Nationals. Yeah, the Orioles do, the and Guardians are in there. Yeah, they trip to Cleveland and uh, the Red Sox. Right, the wrap up is, uh, of course, the Red Sox send score 20 runs every time they play the Orioles. So I'm not sure that I feel good about that to wrap up the season. Um, I, there's only so many ways to say it. it's a big series. Obviously, it's a very big series. We'll preview it more with uh, Andy Freed a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Mark Andrews was practicing yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, albeit limited participant. All the other guys that we expected to not play on Sunday were not participating in practice, and we'll continue to expect that Marcus Williams and Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley will not play. And it's just the unfortunate circumstances. It seems like the plan is going to be. Mustafer at center and McCary yeah, at left tackle and Falele is the odd man out there. It seems like that's going to be the plan, but, you know, nothing's guaranteed. It just seems like that's the way that they're going to go. We're certainly not going to have any answer about what the backfield looks like until we get to Sunday. That is definitely not something the Ravens are going to give us any inclination about as you guys are trying to set your fantasy football lineup today. Keep like, the Ravens out. I can, com- I can comfortably start Gus Edwards, right? Like, I... Maybe. I mean, I if I were – I don't own either of those guys in any of my leagues. If there was a scenario where – you'd have to tell me what my choices were. But likely, if you were a Dobbins owner that also owned Gus Edwards, like then you're probably starting Gus Edwards. If you were someone who just plucked Gus Edwards off, not handcuffing him with Dobbins, I don't know if you're starting Gus Edwards. Mm-hmm. I would like to hope that your options are, are better than that and you could let that play out for a week before you have to make that decision. But – do I think Gus Edwards? Do they think? Do I think that the Baltimore Ravens have trust in Gus Edwards to be able to carry the ball a bunch of times? Yes. Do I know exactly what the fit looks like in a Todd Munkin offense? We can't possibly. So, the answer has to continue to be: We'll see. We will see how this plays out. We will see how it goes once we get to Sunday. And I get. Why, given history, you would think that it, Gus Edwards would be a lot reliable 
guy to step in and get the bulk of the work. But we just don't know what it looks like in a Todd Munkin offense, and we all saw the same thing to start last week's game where there was more Justice Hill. But then once J.K. Dobbins went out, there was more Gus Edwards. Which one do you read more into? I don't know. I don't know. Again, if you want to bet Sunday's game, Superbook Sports is the place to do it. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you will get up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Right now, the numbers, they've shifted a little bit. Ravens, three-point dogs. So you no longer have the hook. Three-point dogs. The total... 46 and a half, and the Bengals minus 170 on the money line. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. And again, use the code GlennClark23. Get up to $250 in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Speaking of Ravens Bengals, we get ready for Sunday. What the heck happened with the Bengals last week? Joining us now, he is our friend, WLW out in Cincinnati. Former NFL linebacker, Mr. Rocky Boyman, is back with us on GCR. Rock, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us. No, Glenn, always great to talk with you and your audience, man. Uh, you called the Bengals look anything but uh, the Super Bowl contenders everyone's been hyping them up to be. So they got to play much better. So uh, we know the weather wasn't great, and we know that Joe Burrow is coming off an injury. I- is it that simple to explain? It- it's just it- That's one thing if you lose a game. It's another thing to not be even remotely productive for four quarters, can, can it be explained away that simply that it's just those two factors and it's not really a lingering concern? Um, I, I think largely, yes, it, it can be explained that way. But, I mean, I've been yelling since uh, I'm blue in the face um, about the Bengals' approach to the preseason. And, you know, and ever since Zach Taylor's been here, and I know this is a Sean McVay thing, and, you know, we don't play starters and we don't do all that. And, and what I've been arguing is, is this. I, I, I understand some of the logic, and that is this. The, the Bengals the last two seasons have, have played well into the playoffs, right? The Super Bowl year, I mean, that, you're playing football into February. So, you know, there's a, there's a thought process of we know this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. We, we want to keep wearing tear off of guys and be ready for the big push come, yeah. you know, December, that sort of thing. I, I get that, but, but, but where it really crept up and, and bit the Bengals last year is they start off the season two and two. And then they finish with 10 straight, okay, which is perfect. Yes, they, they finish strong the way you want to, but starting off as sluggish as they did is what cost this team a, a chance to play that AFC championship game here in Cincinnati, which was all the difference. Now you got to play that thing in Arrowhead, and we saw how that turned out. That, that's a tough place to play. So the Bengals are have a roster and a, and a team and the momentum that needs to think in those terms, in my opinion, of, hey, I, I get it's a long season. I get we don't want to burn out early, but but a, a loss in week one is the same as a loss in week no 13. Doubt. It still counts against your, your record. And the Bengals, they didn't, nobody played in the preseason. And I get that Joe Burrow was hurt. He missed six weeks. It's his third straight preseason he's missed. But why can't everybody else play some? Why can't you know Orlando Brown, who comes in, why can't he play some reps and get used to playing with a new offensive line? Why can't a run game that's kind of been sputtering for a while, Joe Mixon not looking like himself, why can't that be worked on and at least get something out there? So what happened 
last week, in my opinion, was all of that, a ton of terrible factors came together at, at one time. So I feel could like- the Bengals have survived? Could they have survived the weather? Yes. If they had had a little bit more experience together, yes. Could they have survived the experience if the weather was better? Yes. But all those two things combined, a team that hadn't played together in terrible weather got that kind of result. So I feel like there's two different trains of thought that we're dealing with in Baltimore. The first is, well, you're getting the Bengals at the perfect time, right? We don't know exactly, you know, I know Joe Burrow keeps saying he's fine. He keeps saying all is good, but he certainly didn't look it a week ago. So maybe you're still getting Joe Burrow, whether either he's a little rusty or still dealing with the injury. Or on the flip side, you're getting the Bengals at the point where they got a wake-up call and they're pissed off and now this is the perfect opponent for them to see because they know it's the one that's most likely to be competing with them for the division title at the end of the year. So you get a far more focused, far angrier Mm -hmm. Bengals team. Which of those trains of thought do you think is more likely for the Ravens this week? It's very interesting because, yes, this is a a Bengals team that, you know, has suffered a wake-up call, and that's going to benefit them. But but how much uh, is the question? How much more precise, how much more precision precision can take place with this offense, especially with a quarterback and Joe Burrow who missed all the preseason? And, and the example that, I, that I've given is, you know, look, anything in life, you know this, Glenn, experience and, and honing your sword daily. Like, why are you good at radio? Because you do it every damn day. I guarantee you, if you took a month off and you came back on air, you wouldn't be, you'd be good, but you wouldn't be quite as sharp. And now we're talking about, you know, pro athletes and, and, and the NFL and the highest level of precision out there. So that, that sword must be sharpened and honed every single day to, to get the kind of precision you want. So I know that this team is more motivated, but I mean, how much more togetherness can they have? How much more precision with the receivers can happen in one week, I, I'm not sure. We, we all know how the quality and caliber of quarterback to a Burrow is, and, and he's going to be amazing this year. But can it happen this week? Can it happen with the precision required that's necessary to beat a really good Ravens team? I, I'm not quite sure. Of course, that's also a really injury-depleted Ravens team, too, and that's the biggest concern that's that we have true. around here. Yeah. Rock, Rocky Boyman with us from WLW out in Cincinnati. Um, Rocky, one of the storylines that I was talking about a lot this summer was, you know, as concerned as I was about the Ravens secondary, I felt like for whatever reason, nobody was really talking about the Bengals secondary. And uh, on paper, it looked like a, a unit where they said, hey, we're going to have to make sacrifices somewhere because we do want to sign our quarterback and because we do want to keep some of this nucleus together offensively. And we did want to bring in an Orlando Brown. Um, was what I seeing on paper? Does that back up what the Bengals secondary actually is, or is this younger group of players that have to step up for the Bengals better? And they were actually making the better decision to go ahead and move on from some veterans this off season because those guys are ready to step up and step in. Glenn, I think it's largely a product of of the reality of the NFL and the understanding of the salary cap and the Bengals understanding that. You know, you, you, we had to sign Joe Burrow to this large contract. Yeah. Easy numbers as it was, you wait another year, the numbers are going to be even more bonkers, right? And you wait another year, it's, it's, it's who, who, who knows, right? So I, I think it was the fact, look, this team loved Von Bell, great leader at safety, loved Jesse Bates, great leader, one, a fan favorite. But, but as you well know, you can't keep everybody. So I think the Bengals – mindset is this we got the quarterback we got the hard part figured out the part that other teams have spent you know decades trying to find we got that and we feel that joe burrow can make 
almost anybody on offense good. He, you know, a lot of Bengals fans, oh, we don't have a good tight end. Well, the Bengals mindset is, look, we've got Jamar Chase, got T. Higgins. We can make Irv Smith from an average tight end to a, a great tight end simply because we have Joe Burrow. But because you got to take care of all those pieces on offense and keep that together, kind of a la Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, then you, you, you got to pay, pay the piper somewhere. And that is the Bengals have decided by necessity they got to get younger on defense. And, they, and you look at the draft. They draft Miles Murphy, number one overall. Mm-hmm. This, this defense needed to get younger and cheaper, frankly. Um, and you hope that the, these new guys, and I, I think uh, Nick Scott and Dax Hill played pretty well for being younger guys. Okay, and that's the, sometimes it's the better decision in general in the NFL, right? Get faster, get younger, go that yep. route. Yeah. Like I, even if it's not about saving money, sometimes it's just the better way to go about doing it. And to your point, like I, I still, it seems like that defensive front is still really good. Like, is that ultimately the strength of this defense? Like the the place, and I know it's unique when you're facing a Lamar Jackson, as we know, but is that still going to be the Bengals' strength? It just feels like when you still have a Sam Hubbard and a, a Trey Hendrickson up front, that you're going to be able to wreak havoc. Yes. Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson. While, while those guys are maybe the most premier names at all in, in terms of you know who fans know as the top guys on defense, this defense has a lot of really, really solid players, yeah. mainly those three up there. I mean, DJ Reader is, is yeah. one of the best free agent signs the Bengals have, have had in, in a long time. Trey Hendrickson had that name, too. He's quietly a, a premier elite defensive end so yeah this this you know and then two linebackers i know linebackers uh outside of baltimore i don't get much uh, fanfare anywhere but uh but uh you know the combination that front seven that's certainly the Bengals' strength yeah that's the one thing that we think on the defensively that's the one thing the ravens have going for them is they have a hell of a pair of weak side yeah. line, or off ball linebackers they are outstanding yeah all right, so yeah. Rocky, the the other part of the storyline, of course, is that like this really has become, you know, once upon a time, Ravens Steelers was the rivalry in the AFC North, and in the last couple of years, it really has shifted to Ravens Bengals, and you know, there've been moments where there've been some talk and some bad blood. I was doing a show this week with um, Tyus Bowser and Rashad Bateman, and Rashad Bateman said a few times like we owe them one, and like you could sort of feel that there's an energy there to this, and I I don't know what that looks like on on the field and if there's actually bad blood i feel like it's week two of the nfl season who's really trying to fight at this point yet like who's really trying to do anything like that but the way that you've seen this kind of rivalry come together over the last couple of years how exciting has it been to watch these two teams sort of separate themselves and make this doesn't feel like it should be a 1 p.m game on sunday no, I, I agree. I mean, because I mean, look, both these teams have been in the mix for you know the better part of you know three, four years. You, you know what I mean? And and I mean, I, I know Cincinnati fans uh, look back at that playoff game last year and say, and thank God Baltimore had their third string quarterback because had they not, Baltimore would have won that game. There's no doubt about it. They almost did it with the third string yeah. quarterback. So it, it's uh, it, this is a Cincinnati has the ultimate respect for Baltimore and rightfully so. I, I think. You know, first, like any good rivalry, Glenn, you, you got to have big name players, right? You got Lamar Jackson, you got Joe Burrow. You know, you, you got you got a, a lot of really good, talented, you know, you know, name players that are in this thing, and, and two tough teams. And everyone knows that it, Baltimore is a very, very physical week. So, I mean, that's what all goes into it. Man, I it, uh, I really wish this was a primetime game. I really wish this was something like that yeah. because it deserves that. Uh, Rocky Boyman, where are you headed this week? What's uh, what's on your college football slate? 
Yeah, I got um, – actually, I got a close one. I got uh, Iowa State at Ohio. Ooh, um, a home yeah, game I, I, for I, you. Yeah, I know. Three hours up up the road here, which is pretty good. Noon game. I'll be, I'll be in my, uh, my chair watching, uh, watching football at 8 o'clock. So, uh, it'll be pretty good. Uh, Iowa State's got a pretty good team. Good team in the Big 12, young. Uh, Ohio, one of the best teams in the MAC. They lost in the MAC championship game uh, last year, so should be a fun contest, man. Looking forward to it. Uh, Rocky Boyman, you are the best. Everybody, remember that you can follow Rocky on Twitter. I, I, it's not just Bengal stuff, I promise. But at Rocky Boyman fifty <laughs> is how you follow him. Uh, and if you picked up his book, Rocky's Rules, make sure you do that as well. Rocky, always appreciate you, man. We'll talk again here in a few weeks. All right. Glenn, yeah, Glenn, I look forward to it, man. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk again soon, buddy. Thanks Thank so you, much. brother. Rocky Boyman uh, always joins us. Bengals week, always appreciate that. Him hopping on with us for a couple minutes. I have not gotten a feel for it. That to me is that when we get the picks today, it's going to be the biggest part that I struggle with is the flip side of the Bengals being pissed off and getting a wake-up call against a depleted Ravens team versus are the Bengals just still dealing with whatever this thing is, this sluggishness, this Joe Burrow not quite fully being back yet I don't know how I'm picking this game because I don't know how to measure those two things did we get it at three and a half or did we still get it at, did we get it at three we got it at three <sighs> yeah lines move quick on Superbook sons of bitches because <laughs> that's the easiest thing to fall back on right is like if you give me the hook oh, I'm okay, just gonna yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna bite on the hook three <laughs> what does that do for me that's a pick em. God. All right, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Uh, Hour number one of today's program is also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town. Where you find PressBox, you can read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Great uh, Lamar Jackson cover story from our guy Bo Smolka diving into how things change now in the contract era. For Lamar Jackson, what's next? You can go get that for free. Your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town. The print issue of PressBox. You can always read it at PressBoxOnline.com as well. Speaking of Ravens Bengals, our next guest will be on the cover or on the call for Sports USA Radio. Former Bengals running back Gio Bernard joins us next here. On Need one minute. I'm sorry. One, oh. Yeah. Griffin, remember we talked about like, yeah. were you ready to do the show? Remember yeah. that. I was I was ready and then no you weren't <laughs> you weren't ready <laughs> or else when I said it's time to go to break you would have said great and instead what is going on yeah lots going on all Gri- right Griffin got to go do some no. TV this morning and now he thinks he's a big TV star now he's like I walked in today he was like where where's my catering I was like what the hell don't don't you have makeup what the hell is going on? I am a television star, and I demand to be treated that way. Okay, dude. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You good now? Are, yeah, yeah. Can we I'm work good around now. your schedule? Yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. I had everything covered until now. Yeah. yeah. Hit the break. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at. Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. 
If you missed Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, they got together on Tuesday this week. You can find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Uh, as I mentioned, in just a few minutes, Gio Bernard will join us. Also, uh, still to come, we will get into... Do we know yet about uh, our boy KZ? Do we have an answer there? I uh, have not got an answer yet. That's awkward. Yeah. We might need to call him at some point. I did try to might, call him. Well, that's already. double yeah. awkward because he might be thinking he's about to hop on and do a segment, and that would be unfortunate. Unfortunate. Well, yeah, we had to move some things around today. Why? Well, because I normally would email him the Zoom link, and so I haven't. Seen oh, that so link he yet. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but still, he right. might be getting away from something else that he's doing, thinking right. he's coming over to do this. And it's just what it is. If he can't, he can't. We will uh, be forced to understand, and that's the way that it goes. All right, um, a couple things. I had a few people message about the segment that Drew and I did yesterday. Yes, I, I, I was being probably too vague. The 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 person that we were discussing was Nestor Aparicio and the radio station that used to be. And everything that I said, I stand by. And I understand that Drew thought he was making a point about, you know, ethics and how to... I understand all of that. But this person is not the person for that. And that entity whatever you want to call it at this point is not the person to have this conversation there there is something to be said for you wouldn't want to see legitimate reporters denied access but i'm not going to waver how i feel about this this is also sports I, I think it's wrong but i also think as i told you i mean the things that i say I think we have too many people covering sports. I don't think we need that much coverage of sports. We don't need 50 people to ask what happened on third down. They, they, I, I get it all the time. Over there, they want me to be there more frequently. They don't like that I'm not there. And all I can say is I don't need to be. My job does not require it, and I don't think we need more of me just standing around. Which is not fair when I would go over there with... It would be helpful with relationships with players, but they don't want that. They don't want you going in and just palling around and getting the note. That's It's a whole different conversation for a different day. But I stand by the things that I said. It's not because of any animosity towards that person. I nothing that person. I think nothing of them. I don't have negative, positive, anything. I think nothing of them. It's because that's not a media entity. I don't know what it is. It's not a radio station. They don't have programming. I don't know what they do. I know that Luke does a good job of covering the team. Like, he's there. He shows up. But for what audience? I, I know he's got a Twitter following, and I think that matters. But I, I also know he's a member, and I think he's got a, a role with the, the Pro Football Writers Association. So I, I don't think that he's going to be turned turned away at any point. But... There are YouTube channels that have genuine followings, and that doesn't. When I launched this, it was important for me that I had a partner, that I did it with someone, that I did it with Pressbox, and not just me trying to do it on my own, because that's not a thing. That's just me. That's just, hi, I'm Glenn. I needed to be partners with someone because I wanted to work with a true media entity. 
I, I don't know what that is. And I'm not, I, I don't say that to say to any, I don't, this is not a shot at Luke, who I think does a really good job and I love and is a great guy. But I have no idea what 1570 AM possibly is at this point. Because it's not a radio station. You can't just say, well, we've got a signal, so we're a radio station. you got to do programming. There has to be some amount of programming there in order to be a radio station. So, God bless. But there's nothing. There is nothing to be said here. It's a giant ball of nothing. And in no ways do I think the Ravens are out of line to say, Sorry. We, we can't just keep, you know, you can't just keep saying, well, you should like me because I used to cover the team. It, that doesn't work that way. You don't just get to keep getting invited in in perpetuity because do you have a job, a responsibility for a media entity? And if not, then that's the way that it goes. So I've said my piece. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I didn't want to talk about it this much, but I did get a bunch of messages yesterday because I was being vague. There's your clarity. That's what we were discussing yesterday on the program. And anybody else has the right to feel however they want to feel. That's fine. I don't care. <sighs> By the way, I mentioned, of course, the Orioles series starts tonight. Also keep in mind, uh, the NFL week starts tonight. Vikings, Eagles, and Navy football plays tonight against Memphis. So a busy Thursday evening. I'm going to try to keep, like, three different screens going somehow in the Clark household. And, and Mrs. Clark is going to ask if we can watch MasterChef because we didn't get to watch it yet. So it's going to be a heck of a night for uh, the Clark family trying to get all the viewing in. All right, joining us now, this man is going to make his broadcasting debut this Sunday for Sports USA Radio on the call for Ravens-Bengals. He is former Bengals and Buccaneers running back and one of the more exciting players in recent NFL memory. It's a pleasure to welcome into the program Gio Bernard, who's with us now on GCR. Gio, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. For sure, man. Thank you for having me on. Are you excited, about, are you excited about this? Is this something that you always wanted to do? Yeah, well, you know, I've always been approached about it. Uh, you know, throughout my career, everybody said that, oh, you have a great voice to do it. And, uh, you know, you speak well, this and that. And um, I figured I, I'd give it a try. I have a buddy, in, uh, James White, um, that has been doing it now since he's retired for a few years. Um, and he mentioned it to me as well. And, uh, yeah, we got connected to the right people. And, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome, man. Not not a bad one to start, by the way. Like, <laughs> you get a pretty decent <laughs> one to kick this thing off with. For sure. It'll be an exciting one with these two teams. I know uh, Cincy, I'm sure, is eager to get back out on the field after last week's loss. But um, obviously Baltimore, uh, you know, the type of playmakers they have, um, it'll be an exciting show for everybody. And I think they have a bit of a sour taste in their mouth from last year's uh, wild card game. So it should be a, a fun one to watch. Gia, you have watched, obviously, uh, as the, the league has tried to devalue the position that you play in the last couple of years. And so it's an awkward spot where I feel like, They've successfully got people to believe that it's not that big of a deal. And when the Ravens lose a J.K. Dobbins, I feel like there are some people in Baltimore that say, okay, well, next guy just slides in. That's the way that it works. It's running back. I think this is more painful than people realize. And we have seen for the last couple of years, the Ravens have not been the same team without J.K. Dobbins as they've been when he has been healthy. And I know that has not been frequent, but when he's been on the field, they've been a different type of offense. How much do you think they're going to miss having J.K. Dobbins out on the field this week? For sure. I mean, you have a guy uh, that, that that's that's a playmaker. You know, you're always going to miss playmakers no matter what position they play. 
um, you're always going to miss those guys when they're not on that field. And, and I'm sure he has a voice in that locker room as well. So that's obviously going to be missed as well. Um, you saw the impact that it had on the players and, uh, you know, the, some of the post-game uh, comments that yeah. they were saying and um, just kind of seeing, you know, what he's already been through. And uh, now to have to go through another injury, a season-ending injury, it's obviously tough on the players, but uh, I'm sure, you know, it's just like any, any position at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're going to have to have that next guy step up and to uh, make plays. So uh, whoever that may be, I don't know if they go with Justice Hill or, you know, if they bring up, you know, Melvin Gordon off the practice squad, whatever it may be. Um, there's plenty of guys and, and even Gus Edwards. Um, so it's, it's guys just have to step up at the end of the day. Gee, I feel like one of the conversations we've had this week is that what could be different this year, you, you know, you went up against the Ravens for years and the Ravens were not typically presenting the wide receiver room that they are presenting at the moment. This is arguably the most talented wide receiver room they've ever had with, you know, all three of those guys, Beckham, Flowers and Bateman. And then you add in, of course, Mark Andrews, if he were to return this week, does the sheer amount of talent they have on that side of the ball maybe make them more prepared or better suited to be able to withstand losing a J.K. Dobbins than they've been in the last couple of years? Well, for sure. But obviously, you want depth all around, right? You want to be able to have a bunch of guys that are able to, you know, to take the role or take the lead in in, in any type of uh, situation, right? So when you have a, a running back room that may be a little bit banged up, you may have to lean on your receivers a little bit more. You may have to lean on your tight ends a little bit more. So situations like that um, often come up throughout the season, and obviously, it's just it's just for them. It's a little bit earlier on uh, in, in week two, so they'll figure it out. I'm sure. Uh, Harbaugh has his things, uh, you know, ready to go. And just like, you know, every game, you know, those, that team is obviously stacked. They have plenty of players that are able to, you know, fill in wherever they need to be and to make plays. So he, it'll be an exciting one to watch for sure. He is Gio Bernard. He will be on the call, Sports USA Radio, for Ravens-Bengals on Sunday. Gio, correct me if I'm wrong. You were still in Cincinnati for the famous uh, Lamar Jackson-Houdini run a few years ago, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on the sideline watching that one. <laughs> so, you know, like, this man is capable of making magic at any moment. Um, what, what has been your sort of thought, expectation, excitement level for seeing him in a different type of offense, an offense that maybe is going to allow him to open up, throw the ball a bit more with Todd Munkin this season? We didn't really – I don't know if we saw all of it in week one because it was his first start back and he hadn't played in the preseason – but how much excitement do you have knowing what he's capable of doing even without that type of offense about what Lamar Jackson might be capable of in an offense that's a bit more open up this season? For sure. I think at the end of the day, I think Lamar is one of those individuals that um, the the offensive coordinator will suit what he does to what he is, to what Lamar's strengths are. Right. So um, being able to run the ball, having those play actions, having those tight end patches, passes uh, and being able to throw the ball deep that's going to be big for this entire offense and uh, he's just one of those guys that no matter where he's on the field no matter what he's doing um, whether that's passing or running he's going to be an exciting player so it's obviously a a joy to be able to watch uh, you know an individual like himself to be able to play in person Um, I obviously I've seen it firsthand plenty of times so it'll it'll be exciting to watch him. Can can you take me back by chance just because we like the the, the day of the Houdini run do you remember like what was going through your mind as you were watching (laughs) that unfold? Well, yeah, I had a couple of buddies of mine that I'm very close with to try to tackle them, and <laughs> sure enough, they did it. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it was it was one of the more magical things that we have seen from a man who has created a lot of magic. Uh, Gio, on the flip side, this Bengals team, really hard to figure out. And you know, we were just talking to my buddy Rocky Boyman out there in Cincinnati. 
Like, I, I feel like there's this danger that they're pissed off, that they are, you know, all of a sudden refocused after what happened to them in week one. On the flip side, if the story really is that Joe Burrow is not 100% and isn't fully right, I guess maybe it's possible the Ravens are getting the Bengals at the right time. What do you make of just what was – it wasn't just that they lost, but they were so lifeless yeah. offensively a week for ago. Sure. For sure, for sure. I think um, it's one of those things where, you know, the, the first game isn't isn't the telltale for the entire season. We saw it last year with them. They struggled earlier on, and then they were able to pick it up. Uh, but I think that's going to be the same situation. Hopefully it doesn't happen for too much longer, but um, it's one of those situations that, that does happen to football teams. You know, you have half the teams are going to win week one, and half the teams that aren't. So um, it doesn't always telltale the whole entire season. So I, I'm sure that they'll be ready to go. Uh, obviously the, the word around the locker room is, hey, there's no, there's no panic. There's no panic whatsoever. Obviously haven't gone through it last year, but um, you obviously want to pick up certain things or situations that, uh, they obviously need to be better at, and I'm, I'm sure that they'll, you know, be able to pick those situations up and, uh, and and see, you know, battle it out for this week. We were worried about the Ravens' secondary coming into the season. Then they lost Marcus Williams on top of it, so no Marlon Humphrey, no Marcus Williams. If Joe Burrow is right on Sunday and is healthy and is 100 percent. Do the Ravens have the answers for a healthy Joe Burrow and the three wide receivers that the Bengals present? Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, a tough a tough ask, right? You, you never know the situations that uh, the defense are going to present to the offense. Um, it's just one of those things that where, um, you know, the offense on, in, in Cincinnati, they're going to do whatever they can to exploit uh, an itch at those areas where they know the defense is lacking. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of communication on the secondary that uh, has to be done. Um, so I think there will be a lot of movement, and I think Cincinnati is going to, you know, be able to, you know, utilize their their receivers a lot more, move them around in different situations uh, that could present some issues for uh, the secondary. So we'll see. Gio, is it weird for NFL players to like try to get themselves to? But like, this is it is totally possible that this game could ultimately be what determines the AFC North, right? Like we have to be honest about that. Is it is it a weird feeling as an NFL player to think that a week two game? could be it, it's easy for all of us to believe that a game in December or late November is that type of game is it tough for you when you step out on the field and it's you know 90 degrees outside and the season's barely begun to have that context for like by the way this could be the game that defines our season this this year for sure yeah there's always there's always that right you just never know when that game is actually gonna arise right so there could very well be a situation like that where this week two game means a lot for them right so I think every, every you want to say every week is a very important week for every single player and every single team, but um, you just never really know the situation. But at the end of the day, it's a it's another game for these guys. It's a divisional matchup that I think they'll stack up very well, and uh, it should be a fun one to watch. And I feel like this really has begun. We we know that Ravens Steelers was kind of like the preeminent rivalry in the AFC North, but it really feels like this has kind of taken over as like the game in this division the last couple of years. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, we just saw it last year in the wild card game, yep. right? It was a, a tough battle between the two teams and, you know, things, uh, you know, Cincinnati was able to make some plays late in the game and that led to obviously the win for them. So um, it's obviously going to be a tough game. I think that's, that's the MO of this, um, of this, you know, division. It's just, 
that hard nosed smash mouth football. And I think we'll be able to see that this Sunday. All right. Have you like figured out that you're going to have like a catchphrase or something you're going to try to sneak in as a broadcaster now? Have you like anything <laughs> like that? No, I will, probably won't have anything, but if something comes out, just know it was that. <laughs> All right. And then I, I swear, I, I, it drives me crazy. Are you cool? The, the, the Giovanni Bernard thing, are the, do you dig that? Is that fun for you or are you annoyed with it at this point? Oh, no. I'm always, I'm, hey, as long as the fans love it, I'm, I'm okay. all for it, man. Okay. I dig that. I think that's cool. <laughs> and uh, I think there's a lot of people that became even bigger fans of you in the way that you handled all of that, man. Awesome. Uh, awesome, man. Thank you. Gio, really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else we can plug for you besides listening to the game on Sunday on Sports USA? Nope, that's it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. We uh, look forward to hearing you on Sunday. All right, awesome, man. Thank you so much. Gio Bernard, at G underscore Bernard 25 on Twitter is how you follow him. And, uh, yes, he will be on the call on Sunday for Ravens-Bengals on Sports USA. All right, hour number one of today's show is in the books. It was brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, we're doing things a little out of order. We're going to bring you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Rashad Bateman next right here on GCR. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train, and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Around. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Normally, we save this for the end of the show, but uh, we had to move things around with KZ, and he's going to join us near the end of the show. So instead, right now, we bring you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show from this week with Rashad Bateman. Back in here for segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show. We are live at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Glenn and Rita, make some noise again, please, for Mr. Tyus Bowser and his special guest, Rashad Bateman. Uh, Great Eights memorabilia and press box make the Tyus Bowser show possible. Great Eights memorabilia has a couple of great events coming up. This week we're celebrating Adam Jones' official retirement with a party Thursday night, 6.30 at Hollywood Perryville. It's $25 for tickets but includes $25 worth of food, so it's essentially free. Essentially free to come hang out and wish Adam Jones well as he officially retires as a Baltimore Oriole. And also, and this one is right up my alley, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie private screening. Please. I it's look, Rita, it's Understand for Understand your surroundings I here. I promise you that it's for someone. It's for Please. someone. I know. I know it's for someone. Where's the Beyonce one? Well, we, she, yeah. if she makes a movie, then I'm sure that Chris will be willing to host the screening of it. <laughs> I'm just messing. Go ahead. People love, I, I know it's some Swifties out there, so o I'm not judging. October 15th at Horizon Cinemas up in Aberdeen. $40 ticket includes brunch featuring all the area restaurants. You can get yourself a makeover, and it all goes to benefit the Susan G. Komen Foundation. So it's That's a good dope. thing, Rita. No, no. It's a good and thing. And I know, I know Taylor Swift got a lot of fans. I'm, I'm just messing with y'all. I like the. I just like to pull y'all's, y'all's tail a little bit. Great Eights <laughs> memorabilia with the number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com is the website. All right, uh, Tyus, we were talking, and you know, over the years, we tried to get you to commit to a sack dance, right? We said we want you to have a go-to sack dance, and I have breaking news. Tyus told me before the show that he has committed to a new sack dance for this season. <laughs> You know, gotta pump it up, you know what I'm saying? Really? Gotta pump, try and pump really? it up like Rita, you know really? what I'm saying? Yeah, really? Know. Can we all do it together? There you go. Can we all there work on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I do love not it. like 
any of anybody up here right now, particularly Glenn, because I know he got you to do that. <laughs> I felt so good about that one. I felt I so good about it. I might have to do it. Oh, I might, I sure, you going to do it? I might do it. Please. You might do it. I might do it. Please. You going to do it? All right. Oh, my God. Like, if I get like a tackle for you come back and do a set? Tri Trippy is opposed to it. I think you got to do it. I think you got to <laughs> do it. I got to work the shoulders a little bit. I got to do it. For those that are listening to this, because this is an audio medium, of course, Tyus was doing Rita's famous raise the roof <laughs> maneuver from the Orioles game a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. Oh, Trippy, now oh, no. he likes second. No, he knows yeah. raise the roof. Yeah. yeah, he was missing that entirely. <laughs> missing entirely. That was wonderful. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate I, you. Yeah, I man, appreciate you, <laughs> you doing that for me. All right, so you were talking about your guy, Rashad Bateman, at the beginning of the show, and you were talking about how fly and how, you know, just suave this dude is. Oh, yeah. Because we synced it. I saw this picture of him walking into the stadium on Sunday. Oh, my God. It was like he's on a runway in New York, man. Is he always like this? Always. It could, it could be game day. It could be in, in the facility. It don't matter. Like, he going to have some – he going to have a fit on. Man – like, honestly, I thought when I seen it online, I thought it was like the GQ Sports uh, page. <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at that, dude. He looks like Lenny Kravitz. On, like, on, I mean, that's that smooth, is bro. unbelievable. That's yeah, that's a nice picture. Is, is this the, the, the same outfit that you, you posted on your Instagram? You have on like an Amiri, some Amiri pants. Yeah, it's that one. And a jacket. If, I thought that you were really getting prepared to go because it is New York criminal. Fashion Week. I thought that it was like some New York Fashion Week stuff going on. Hey, you know week one, it you is. know, you got you to gotta come is correct. Is that what's going on? I think that's okay. what it was. Yeah, right. yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I feel like your appearance is everything, you know. Mm. I yeah, think me my, too. I think my mom just kind of instilled that into me growing up. If, if I didn't look good enough, like, I couldn't go nowhere. If the fit wasn't right, I wasn't going nowhere. So in order to, you know, lead a house, your fit got to be right. You ain't finna go nowhere looking any type of way. So uh, I think that's just kind of carried over to me. And game days are special days. So, you know, I feel like you got to, you know, you got to feel good. You got to look good. You know what I'm saying? Look good, play good. I like yeah. the play good. Do you yeah, play right? good, yeah. Right, that whole that's, thing? Yeah, that's how I By feel. By the way, you and I, we see so eye to eye on this particular topic, oh, man. Like two fashion icons we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, know, we see. you know, we had one of those, uh, those Raven videos where, you know, you put your – they show you a face and then you kind of describe them, you know, say some good about them. Uh -huh. And he just mentioned, he mentioned that my my wardrobe was 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 certified. So that, that meant a oh, lot to man, me. Oh man, that is high praise. Because I, I didn't bro. know yeah, I had yeah, it like yeah. that. But for him to it's say that, a, it, it's like, just a different vibe. You know, Ty has got that, you know, that, that uncle clean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, he had to throw the uncle out. <laughs> nah, uncle clean. The uncle. He be, he be fresh, though. He, it's, just, it's a different style. He, try, he be fresh. I try to have a solid fit on. You know, I'm, I'm not with the times yeah, it's always solid. It's a, it's like, a it's, solid it's, fit. It's, All right, so yeah. Rashad, let's just say hypothetically that you know a 40-year-old white radio DJ who maybe goes out in what I would call, like, comfortable chic. You know, like, pri prioritizing comfortable. Could you help that person maybe... Look, because Ty has tried. He got me some shoes. Like, he attempted. Oh, it's me, right, yeah. Um, he attempted to help a little bit. Do you feel like I could be saved or am I a lost cause? Now, oh, so you're admitting it's you. Okay. Oh, good. yeah, no, it's me. Um, it's, it's me. I'm the problem. It's and me. Also, We're going to bring the Taylor Swift Well, before back. you help him, you need to know, Rashad, that he does not like wearing jackets. He doesn't like wearing oh, no. suits. No, no, ties. No, none of those so. things. Those all sound terrible to me. 
Well, I mean, uh, yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's about right. That's about right. It's tough, you know, it's tough. Could you see uh, after football, like fashion being a part of your life somehow? Yeah, I can definitely see that somehow, some way. Yeah, probably. Have you ever designed anything? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a I have a brand coming out soon. That's cool, man. Tell me more about it. That's awesome. Nah, it's a secret right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will yeah. wait and we will find out more about yeah, our you'll, show. You'll see it one day. I'll be looking forward to it. Right? That's you'll awesome. Uh, Ty, please, please make sure Glenn gets whatever you have left. To right, give. correct. At the end of the show. So I'm going to plug you. Save me. Save me from myself. Uh, Tyus, you had quite the off season. I did. You and some of the guys went over and explored a good bit of Asia. Yeah, we did. We did. Tell me, I, like, when we, we were all watching this from afar, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. I How thought, did all this come together? Honestly, I was kind of the, the last guy that tagged Wait, along. You, you weren't, like, the replacement for somebody else. I was a replacement. I was a replacement. So, no. Roquan, I think it was a Roquan. I would have stayed at home. Right? Like, you're trying to get me in here last but the minute? Crazy, but the thing is that I was hurt last year, and one of my – things that I wanted to do that year was to travel and I never got to. So I knew for sure that I was going to travel that year. And then that opportunity just came about. And I was like, man, Asia was actually like bottom on my list is like sort of my last place to go. Okay. But it ended up being one of my major first ones. And it turned out to be one of the best y'all did experiences. We did everything. It was crazy what y'all did. What was the coolest part? about the trip like what was the number one seed that you kept talking about with everybody for like months afterwards i think i think the trip to vietnam and you just see the lifestyle of how the people live out there and number one you see the little that they work with and they make the most out of it and you come back here and you just see how spoiled we are you see how spoiled we are to where it be the smallest things that we just complain about and you got people that's on motorbikes with three, four people on the back. People worried about how they look when they go out. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's crazy, man. And then even so, like, even from a... That's crazy. (laughs) But even from, like, a a normal type of life kind of vibe, everybody was outside. The kids was, you know, driving a little mini cars. Families was out with their kids, and... They was doing hopscotch, playing with blocks. Everybody was outside. And you just look at, you know, the US today, something bad will happen if that was ever to come about something in that situation. So it made you appreciate, you know, little things like that. And you just hope to see that, you know, come about here in the, in the US. It's cool. Was that your favorite so far, your favorite trip that you've taken ever? I think so. I think so. Just the fact that we went to three different countries. And we started out in Japan, then we went to Vietnam, then we ended in Thailand and went to three different cities there. And you just got to see so much. You got to see the type of people, the lifestyle. Um, I mean, you know, we black people, so, you know, they're they're not used to that at all. So, you know, you stick out like a sore thumb out there, but (laughs) it's just just amazing how nice people are out there, you know, seeing somebody like that. it just make you appreciate little things like that. Yeah. So it was cool. My favorite thing when I go on a trip with the boys is afterwards, we like to crown an MVP and an LVP of the trip. LVP, like, I ain't never heard of LVP. least valuable. The least? You know, like oh, the wow. person who was, the, you know, 
kind of the wet blanket, like the person that was not busting balls enough, that was just sort of like there on yeah. the trip. Would you be willing to crown an MVP <laughs> and an LVP of the Asia trip? You know, that's so hard because you're talking about a guy like Roquan, Marlon Humphrey, Marlon's Ronnie obviously, Stanley. So we know like Marlon's going to talk the do you, most. Do you obviously. not see the personalities yeah, there? Yeah, that's true. You can't that's really true. just. Those, those are all wild people. He's wild. just they, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's tough to really just. Is there a chance that you were the LVP? Is there a chance that you were the. <laughs> so maybe it was you. You know what? I don't think so because okay. I was really involved in a lot of things. All right. If was, anything, I would probably say it was Marlon. Bro, he just oh. tried. He just, he just tried to get you. He tried. He tried. I did. He I tried, did. I tried. But was Marlon like bailing on doing certain things? Like he was like, "Y'all can go have fun today. I'll be back." It was out. times. It was times like where, it was times where you went, you didn't even see Marlon till the next day. <laughs> it was times where, we get we get to a hotel, and you just go off and leave. And I'm like, where are you going? Like, we're in a whole nother yeah, country. We're in Vietnam. You just leave it, you just got your stuff out in the lobby, like, bro, are you serious right now? You know? Like crazy stuff. But I mean, for the most part, when everybody was together, when all four of us was together, it was the best experience ever. That's cool, man. Because we all were together, we all had fun, we were laughing, joking. We had a good time, we explored. You know, we wasn't at like in a resort or nothing where we was just there. Like we was in hotels, we was in Airbnbs where we actually got the chance to go in the city, move around and see how really, you know, people live, the environment, awesome. everything. So That's awesome. Cool. Such a cool experience. Yeah. Uh, Rashad, it, by the way, this is the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box 105.7, The Fan. Rashad, if you had, you know, the ability to just go anywhere in the world, if it's somewhere you've not been yet, what would be at the top of your list? Mm. I have no idea. Really? Uh, no. Uh-uh. I never left the country before. Really? Really? Mm -mm. I just got my passport this year because okay. we because we because we. Oh, you gotta go to England, year. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's the only reason why I got it. But I plan to go to uh, Paris. You know, after the season. Fashion so, week, maybe type. Yeah, of? but I don't know if that's like the first place I would choose. Um, you just gotta go launch a brand. Like you gotta go let the world well, know. Well, it yeah, depends, nah. right? Are you a are you a beach guy? Do you need to be around water? Do you want to see you know artifacts? It depends on what it is that you like that makes you start there. I know. I feel like I don't know what that is yet. But I heard Bora Bora is nice. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. That's too far. You know, <laughs> I'd be scared. Too, so the so. longest plane flight you've ever taken in your life was how long? Maybe however long it is from Baltimore to L.A. That's because you go play a game. So right? England yeah, is right? about to be like the longest hours. one, basically. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. Okay. Uh, how long is that? It, does it about know? eight? Uh, eight hours? About eight no, hours? No, nine hours. Nine? I, nine? I went there. Nine? I went there my first year. Uh, okay. To London, yeah. So. Are you an anxious flyer? I think I will be on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but they try to let you guys sleep. Like, isn't that the way that it normally works? Yeah, so the planes that they have there, they have, like, little the, beds yeah. there. So that's what, help, that's what helps a lot. Man, I took a flight like that to London once. I didn't want to get off the plane. I'm I like, was, why do people get off of this? This is amazing. I was a little nervous myself because that was my first actual time out of the country. Yeah. And that was a different experience. But it wasn't, it honestly wasn't that bad because I took the same exact trip to Asia where it was nine hours. But... Just everything that was in the in the airplane was there to where, you know, yep. time went by quick. Nice. So it was nice. Nice. All right. So uh, Rashad, I heard you talking about uh, Odell Beckham, and you used uh, the words "big brother." 
and told us that you had a relationship with him before now. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and what it's mean for you being around that dude again? Uh, uh, it's crazy because, you know, uh, if anybody was to ask me who my favorite NFL player was, I would say his name. So it's kind of weird now wow. to be here. Yeah. It, how long has that been the case? Uh, I mean, when he got drafted in 2014, I was in eighth grade. So he was definitely somebody that I was idolizing my career after. Wow. So it's definitely crazy to be here now. And then, and then I met him like three years ago, maybe a couple, uh, two or three years ago, something like that. Um, and then I've just continued to build a relationship with him, you know, trained with him, worked out with him. And it's just crazy and surreal that he ended up, you know, coming to Baltimore, um, which, you know, he's been injured, you know, so have I. So he's definitely been a helping hand in my ear, you know, motivating me, giving me advice, um, you know, on how to maneuver through this thing. So he's definitely been a good help to me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you was in the eighth grade in 2014? <laughs> 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 yes, Uncle Clean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, this is crazy. So, where were you in 2014? In 2014, I was in my freshman year of college. So, wow. me and Rita, too, so actually. Really, yeah, we yeah, were also uh -huh. in yeah. year of college. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure were. I'm young. Yeah. I'm a baby. Oh, bro. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to I'm the young. club. Hey, great. <laughs> Did you, okay, That's crazy. when you meet him, the, do, you, do you tell him, are you like, bro, you have no idea? Like, yeah, he my, knows. You were my favorite player. He knows, yeah. Because it's crazy because it's, it's like everybody else in the room as well. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, everybody kind of grew up, you know, around that era of time, all them in. I mean, it's crazy to think that he's 30 years old right now, but yeah, I mean, he is, so, but it's still crazy to, to say that because, you know, he still can play football at a very high level. You know, I'm definitely excited to see what he do with it. It's cool, man. Yeah. What is it like that to, for you to not be uh, the most seasoned vet? And this is me using lack of better term. And I say that because last year when your wide receiving core was you and Pro and uh, Talon, essentially it felt like you were going to have to be the big guy the big brother, for lack of a better term, because, you know, first round draft pick, high expectations. But does having somebody like Odell just help you ease into that? And now you can be able to organically grow into being the, the person that this team needs you to be. Yeah, um, most definitely. Odell definitely helps out a lot. Um, but at the same time, there was just a, a big shift uh, over the offseason. Uh, Baltimore team is just very different. We had a lot of coaching changes and uh, different moves in the organization. Um, but having Odell in the room, you know, is definitely different because he's the oldest. And at that time, you know, I wasn't the oldest, but, you know, I had to act like the oldest, you know, be the oldest. You know, I still kind of have those roles to fill right now. And, you know, I'm excited to do so. But, you know, definitely having him helps for sure. All right. We'll, we'll wrap the segment. There's been so much made about the offensive changes, right? Like, what is it? what has it been like for you to be in this new offense? And the obvious answer is you're probably going to be throwing the ball a little bit more as the season goes along, right? That's, that's a good thing, I think, for wide receivers. But tangibly, how different is it for you now being in a Todd Munkin offense? Um, it's fun just because, you know, I just feel like a Baltimore is in a better position. Um, you know, as players, you know, we do want to make this city happy and we want to give the city what it needs. So, 
you know, being able to see the offense uh, where it is, you know, seeing where we can take it um, and the new things that we can do in the offense and create plays and really give us a better chance to win, you know, than I think we possibly ever have in the past, you know. So I just think it's something good to look forward to, you know, for, for everybody in Baltimore. We including are the players, so. I promise. Do, do you see the excitement? I mean, I, I don't know how often you are, like, on social media, but do you see the excitement when you see people talk about, like, how revamped not only this wide receiving group but this offense is and the excitement of change? Yeah, I could definitely, you know, you can feel it. Uh, you know, you can definitely, you know, feel the energy, you know, feel the love from you all, you know, that definitely help us out a lot. You know, we feed off that, uh, you know, I feel like that definitely get our motor going. But, you know, I think that's what I love about Baltimore, you know, in general, you know, it's the love that you guys show us, you know. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for us and make sure that we're giving back to y'all in a positive way. That. Whether that's hard work on the field or off the field, but, you know, the W's definitely feel better for sure, so. Make some more noise, please, for Tyus Bowser, Rashad Bateman. Hey, the Maryland Five Star returns to Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd. It's best described as the triathlon of horse eventing. It's the place to be in October. Visit MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. All right, so we will get to uh, segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show tomorrow on GCR. And you can, of course, listen to the entirety and watch the entirety of the Tyus Bowser Show uh, in the archives, we post it at glenclarkradio.com, pressboxonline.com slash video, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. You can find it in all of those spots. The season premiere of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Rashad Bateman for the 2023 season. Encourage you to go check it out. It is a Thursday edition of GCR, and also returning this weekend is Project Game Day. We will be back with you following Sunday's Ravens-Bengals matchup. It is the hangout spot after each and every Ravens game. You can watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. But the better thing to do would be to go at the end of the game at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or the NFL Chick and click the Zoom link that we share to just come hang out with us. Like the way you would call into a post-game show. You can just come hang out. We'll bring you in. We'll let you share your thoughts during the course of the Project Game Day post-game show. We are hanging out with you after every Ravens game this season. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Big weekend in Baltimore as it all gets underway tonight when the Tampa Bay Rays are in Baltimore for a four-game series Joining us now, Towson alum, play-by-play voice of the Rays. It's always a pleasure to welcome Andy Freed back to GCR. Andy, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so great to catch up ahead of a huge series this weekend. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Glenn, my pleasure. And if it if it helps at all, I'm I'm still a Ravens fan. So I do I'll love that. For them very much. I do love that. <laughs> now, Andy, we have to deal with something though, because I am convinced that you might have been. I, I don't. I, I might be sounding like a conspiracy theorist. But I think it's possible that you asked your fellow Towson alum, Richie Palacios, <laughs> to sandbag it this season, make everybody believe that he wasn't the guy, and then wait right until the games before the Rays series this weekend for him to come in and kill the Orioles. Will you admit to it or not that you there was some sort of conspiracy afoot between a couple of Towson guys? 
I am not willing to commit one way or the other, whether I had a hand in it or not. But uh, I go back to Billy Hunter was uh, was still there when I was at Towson. So it was many, 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 many moons ago, long before the Palacios family had uh, two sons reach the major leagues, let alone one that would kill the Orioles. That was just, I mean, you couldn't write a more bizarre script than that. Towson Tiger the Orioles oh, last night. It, we should have seen it coming, Andy. We should have. Uh, <laughs> my buddy Griffin and I, we were talking about it. That we, we should have known. We should have known that this was going to be the thing that happened. Uh, Andy, I'll ask you the simple question that from afar, you know, as we've been watching the Orioles every night and not being able to watch the Rays, I feel like the question that Orioles fans keep asking is, how have the Rays, conti- given all of the pitching losses, given losing Wander Franco, how in the world have they been able to withstand all of this and basically not lose down the stretch this season? A 60% casualty rate in the starting rotation is something that I would have absolutely thought would have sunk the Rays. Um, and, and yet they have been able to do some pretty amazing things. I mean, not only acquiring Aaron Savali, but I think a big part of the reason that they've been able to continue pitching so well is the emergence of Zach Littell. Mm-hmm. And if Oriole fans are saying, who is Zach Littell? It's okay. We were saying that about two months ago <laughs> ourselves. I mean, this is a journeyman pitcher that was with the Giants last year that was a minor league invite to Rangers camp this year, didn't make the club, ended up going to the Red Sox, and they traded him uh, to the – or DFA'd him, I'm sorry, in May, and he comes to the Rays as just kind of a, a, a guy. Uh, and, and now not only has he become – a main part of the starting rotation. He's become the guy that is the best strike thrower in the group, uh, a guy that uh, is getting zero run support. So you look at his numbers and you see that he's three and six with a four and a quarter ERA, but he has absolutely rounded out the rotation. Uh, that with the, the return of Tyler Glass now, probably be, being better now than he's ever been with the Rays. Uh, Zach Eflin taking the mantle of, I think, leader of the staff. Uh, and and the emergence of a young pitcher like Taj Bradley. So, you know, with the Rays, it's always, always about run prevention. And that's what they've done. The defense has still been pretty good. Um, Somehow they have withstood these pitching injuries. I I, I knew that the depth would be tested this year, but I could have never predicted that Rasmussen Springs and McClanahan would all be out for the year. You'd never get an inning out of Shane Boz. You'd only get a a return of Andrew Kittredge, a former All-Star, in August, and he's been inconsistent after his Tommy John surgery, and yet they're still winning games at a clip that only the 2021 Rays have been able to um, get to 100 wins, and now this year's Rays team might get there also. But you know, honestly, I look at it from afar and wonder how the Orioles still won without Felix Batista. Sometimes uh, these moments can galvanize a group, and, uh, and let's not gloss over the loss of Wanda Franco. Yep. I mean, yep. losing Wanda Franco and the Rays are still winning about 66% of their games. It's been staggering, the, the losses, and yet somehow they've done it. Yeah, uh, a lot of people up here were really thinking that maybe that wouldn't be the case. And to your point, all of a sudden you look at this weekend, you say, yep, Savali tonight, Eflin. The- oh, right, they, they, they lost three pitchers, and yet this is what they have to throw. It is, it is absolutely bonkers. So, so, Andy, on the flip side, then how have they made up? I know that part of the story is, of course, that this is the Rays we're talking about. It's always going to begin with pitching, and you said loss pre- or a run prevention. That's what they do. But how have they withstood losing such an important part of their lineup and still have managed to score enough to keep this train going? That's probably the, the biggest surprise. Uh, I would not have thought that the Rays could. Again, I'm saying I would not have thought. I really didn't. I'm, I'm being as genuine as I could, could be. I, I would have thought that 
with Wander being out. And while no one is saying it, because no one really knows, likely out for the year and who knows what his future holds. You know, th- th- this is a monster, monster blow for the Rays and the Rays organization because it's, it's, the Rays are not a team that extends players for long-term deals, and yet they committed to an 11-year deal with Wander Franco. He is the chosen one uh, amongst the organization. He is the guy that uh, it's almost a miracle they were able to get him and not a larger market team like the Yankees or, or whomever. They were able to secure this amazing talent, a guy that has been uh, groomed to be a, a big league player since he was about nine years old, uh, and, and he's come through the organization, and by all accounts, he's always been great to deal with. Um, he hasn't always been the best teammate, but a lot of that is because of youth and, uh, and, and uh, I think, immaturity. Uh, a guy that had every, every aspect to him pointed to being not only a captain of this team for the future, but uh, a real leader amongst the group and just an amazing talent. And to lose him, I would never have thought that they could continue hitting as they, as they have. They've They've plugged in guys. They have Taylor Walls, who's great defensively, but not great offensively. They brought up this guy, Eslavis Kasabi, for the Rays got in the Nate Low deal several years ago. And he's young and inexperienced, but he's done probably just enough. And then everybody else has just kind of lifted up their game. Uh, and they're winning a lot of games still by scoring a lot of runs. It's, it's really amazing. Sometimes the stars align. I, I just could not have predicted that they could have withstood the loss of Wander Franco the way they have. And they'd be a better team if he was here. But they're still winning. All you got to do is win by one. That's one thing we've learned. Andy Freed, of course, Ray's play-by-play voice. Towson Zoni's with us here on GCR. Is it an offense that's, if they're going to produce, is it more predicated on home runs now, Andy? Like, we know Paredes, the season that he's having, it, I, I'm looking only on paper because, again, I don't get to watch the games. You tell me, is it more, you know, they're going to have to hit home runs, There's or is it somehow that they've managed to put innings together? Usually it's by the home run. And yeah. honestly, just as a, as a sidebar, I think that's what gives the Orioles a bit of an advantage, in particular when they play at Camden Yards. I think moving back the left field wall has had a direct effect on the Orioles' success because the Orioles don't have to hit home runs to win. And, and most of the other teams that come in have to. And the, the left field wall at Camden Yards virtually takes away the home run bat from right-hand hitters. It nullifies guys like a Rosarena and Paredes. Uh, it, the left-hand hitters can hit home runs at Camden Yards. Usually the right-hand hitters don't. And, you know, to me, that gives the Orioles an advantage in a similar way that Tropicana Field's an advantage for the Rays. But, you know, they don't have to hit home runs, but usually that's a big part of it. Uh, I, I think that the, the maturation of players like Josh Lowe and Luke Raley have been very important this year for the Rays. Our, our, our talk in the offseason was they had to get left-handed bats and they never really did. They came up short for Brandon Belt. They came up short for several other guys around the league. But they ended up uh, getting Josh Lowe and, and Luke Raley to get better uh, as the year has been around. So they don't have to hit home runs. But like most other teams, even the Braves or, or, or the great teams, home runs are a big part of what the Rays do to score runs. And you mentioned the word galvanize earlier. And I think it's one of the things that we have struggled to define when somebody asks, why are the Orioles so good? Because you look and you're like, well, they're not the best offense in baseball. And they, they certainly aren't the best staff in baseball. They did, to your point, have the best closer in baseball. But that guy's not here anymore. Um, you know, it's hard to explain. So I feel like we almost fall to the word culture, right? And we say there is just something about this group that even after a couple of bad days this week against the Cardinals where you know they will go one for 12, you, you don't write them off. You just assume that they're going to be just fine going into this series and that 
nothing gets to them. Losing Ryan Mountcastle won't. They have they have been through it, and I wonder if that's the similar story in Tampa, where we again they've got enough starting pitching and they got enough of these things. But is it just a culture thing that these guys were galvanized by losing pitchers? Okay, losing Franco. Okay, that there's just something there that gets this group to continue playing at a high level. Well, first, I think the Orioles, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to sidestep your question, but the Orioles, to me, that you know, this is the closest they've come to 100 wins since since '79 when they won 102. And this Oriole team, to me, reminds me a lot of that '79 team. They're never out of games. They're a different club come the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. They win games late. Uh, they've got an incredible youth mix along with some veterans in there. I think guys like Kyle Gibson have played a big role. I look at people like Ryan O'Hearn. Mm-hmm. I think of him in the mold of like a John Lowenstein, you know, a guy that has been a journeyman player and he'd been good with other teams, but never probably tapped into to what he'd totally been able to do. And now he's one of the key players on the team. So I think the Orioles are not only for real, I think they are just a thrilling, uh, exciting team to watch. And they, they do hearken me back to when I was eight and watching that 79 Orioles team. I think for the Rays, a lot of it comes, does come down to culture and a lot of it, a, a lion's share of it comes down to Kevin Cash and his staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't say this lately. I think Kevin Cash is the best manager in baseball because I think he, he has to manage more by the third or fourth inning than most managers have to, to deal with all game. The, the Rays have very few plug-and-play sort of hitters. You know, In fact, this is probably the most that we've ever had in terms of guys that play on an everyday basis. You know, Yandy Diaz is always in there. Rosarena is always in there. Franco was always in there. Brandon Lau is almost always in there. Outside of that, it's pretty much matchup all over the field. And, and, it's, and, and that's the way it's been mostly during his tenure going back to 2015. So I think Kevin has taken a baton from Joe Madden uh, with regard to staying very, very even keeled. He is the same guy every day. It doesn't matter if they're losing, if they're winning. He's still busting the chops of his players. He's still keeping it loose. And I think he who gives the credit to his staff, I think a lot of that comes down to him because things can go sideways, sideways very quickly when you have the injuries and the, and the Wander Franco situation. And somehow he has kept the ship right. And I know at times internally he's doubted it himself, but part of it is his demeanor. There's a real lightness amongst the group uh, that I do think goes all the way up to the top. And Stu Sternberg, as an employee of the Rays, you're encouraged to uh, to keep things light and have fun. And uh, I think that does go down to the players as well. I think that's a large reason why the Rays are still in this thing. Uh, we like that comparison to 79, but this time we're going to ban whistles uh, in the postseason. <laughs> we're going to say no whistles allowed during the playoffs. Um, <laughs> a- a- Andy, I'll leave you with this because I, I feel like this is the first time, that just the way it works out, we try to spread things around and – um, we've had uh, Brian on and some of the other guys down there during the season, but I feel like you and I haven't actually chatted during the course of this season yet. And I wondered what you thought when you heard at the beginning of the year that, that John Angelos had come out and said, declared that the Orioles wanted to be the next Tampa. And, and obviously everybody associates the Rays at this point with, with winning, right? They're regularly in it year after year, despite being at the bottom of the league in payroll. Um, but yet you also know that, it's been difficult to, to get to the mountaintop, right, um, in that process. And there has been turnover. What did you make of it when you saw that that was what the Orioles were trying to do and that John Angelos was announcing, we want to replicate what it is that Tampa has been able to do over the years? Well, I like that he said it out loud. I mean, uh, honestly, I, you know, I've been with the Rays now. This is my 19th year. And, 
you know, I don't know how far people go back, and, and certainly people in Baltimore are not required to follow the history of the Rays, but I mean, I got to tell you, in 2005, when I got to the Rays, if someone had brought up the notion that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays could ever make the playoffs, let alone win in American League East, when you've got behemoths, of course, like New York and Boston, in there, it would have been a, a, a laugh out loud. There was no consideration to ever uh, doing that. I think that what the Rays have done uh, is it, it, it's even surprised themselves on how well it's actually gone. And it's not by accident and it's not magic and it's not secret sauce. A lot of it comes down to, you know, the older Weaver style pitching and defense, you know, run suppression is, is a big way to do it. But uh, I like that Angelo said it because I, a lot of teams have been trying to do it. I mean, I, I don't care what ownership it is, whether it's Yankees or whether it's the A's from, from expensive to not so expensive, every owner wants to win as much as they can while having to pay as little as they have to pay. Yeah. It's just the nature of the business world. Um, so the fact that the Rays have been able to crack the code a little bit. Now, mind you, the, the Rays have never won the World Series. You know, our, our in-state mates, the Marlins, have never won a division, but they've won two World Series. So I think in many ways that's, that's the giant missing piece from the Tampa Bay Rays story. Uh, that being said, their organizational philosophy is take as many bites at the apple as possible uh, and I think a bunch of teams around the league have done that now that the bar is so low to make postseason. And, and you look at how many times uh, the Rays lose major front office members or major members of their on-field staff so other organizations can try to figure out how is it that the Rays do what they do. I mean, you look around the league, whether it's Rocco Baldelli or Derek Shelton or Charlie Montoyo or James Click or uh, other front office people, starting with Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers, they're all and Kyle Bloom and in Boston, they're all over the league. You know, people want to figure out how the Rays do it. So I, I give John Angelos credit for saying it. And, uh, and, and to me, I hope this is not lost on Orioles fans, and I don't think it is. But the fact that Yankees-Red Sox this week is an afterthought and the oh. fact that Orioles-Rays is the lead story in Major League Baseball, I think we should appreciate that for every moment that we enjoy that this weekend well, you just feel so bad for those guys too right and like just really heart <laughs> heartbreaks for them and everything they've been through uh yeah and it really should it should be an electric weekend uh friday night's game sold out and uh it just should be a raucous atmosphere and a celebration of baseball in baltimore this weekend i uh, still don't know how i feel about this um, perhaps conspiracy uh that you were involved with with the towson guy i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to really think about that I'm not comfortable with it, but uh, always appreciate you. At Andy B. Freed on Twitter. Thanks for doing this, man. Enjoy the weekend, all right? My pleasure. And you know what? You know, when, when the Rays or the Orioles play the Yankees or the Red Sox, I think there's a degree of hatred. I don't think there's any hatred between these two organizations this weekend. Oh my God. I think there's tr <laughs> tremendous respect from the Rays to the O's and from the O's to the Rays. And I just think as fans of both of those franchises, we should just revel in it I, okay. and enjoy, uh, you enjoy know the chaos. Andy, I'll even add one more step to it. I st this is funny. When when the Rays play the like Yankees late in the season this year, everybody says, "Well, now you know it's the awkward spot where you have to root for the Yankees." And I'm like, "Yeah, I can't do that. I can't. I can't bring myself I to. Same way. I can acknowledge what the better result would be, but I cannot bring myself to rooting for the <laughs> Yankees. That day won't occur. Really, thank you for doing it, Andy. I always enjoy our conversation. I'm with you, Glenn. Thanks so much, Andy Freed, uh, with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us ahead of what will be an awesome weekend in Baltimore. Yeah, our buddy um, uh, Chris Ruling is uh, doing an event celebrating Adam Jones tonight up at uh, in Great Eights Memorabilia, celebrating him up at uh, Hollywood in uh, Perryville. So 
uh, great8smemorabilia.com. And, uh, of course, Adam will be at the game tomorrow night and will be uh, fated before the game with an official retirement ceremony. And that was one of the things we were talking to Adam about last night. Like, this is not something, this is abnormal. Like, even the, the other great players of that era, they didn't get this. There's no Nick Markakis retirement ceremony. There's no Brian Roberts retirement ceremony. And I appreciate the Orioles found the line between, hey, we know that Adam isn't going to be a statue guy. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. Stop. All right, fine. I mean, He's not. But we don't want to just do the same thing. We don't want to just do, you know, Hall of Fame weekend and plaque by the bathroom. Like, we want to acknowledge that Adam is more meaningful than other guys, even if he doesn't rise to Cal and Eddie and Brooks and Frank and and Palmer. And I appreciate that, that the Orioles found a way to, between those two things, signify, yes, Adam Jones more meaningful than the overwhelming majority of even the players that we revere in Baltimore not quite this, but deserves something separate from that. And um, this is going to be a really cool thing tomorrow night at uh, the ballpark, but the series starts tonight on Fox. All right, when we come back in, Ken Zalis will join us. We will make our picks for week two of the NFL season, week three of college. Uh, stinker of a week three of college football. It stinks. Yeah. Which, of course, probably means there will be, like, Eight really thrilling games because nobody's looking forward to anything this weekend in college football. They will probably be like just a barn burner of a day that we'll be talking about for some time. But we'll make the picks next with KZ. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. 
picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR. Yeah, Matt Torper just checked in, said he's going to the game tonight. I, I don't know. A lot of, like, bluster about the fact that there was a... T- Total. By the way, there, there will be as many people at the game on Friday night as there were total for the Cardinals series. If you know that I'm never going to be the guy that gets worked up about it, half of them were probably Richie Palacios. Yeah, Palacios family. That's yeah. a great point. Um, I'm or, and old, well, really old friends. Yeah. He's not from here, yeah, but true. old always... old friends at Towson. Although they were pretty far removed from that at this point, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> although I don't doubt that there were still folks that made the uh, the trip down to the game to support Richie. Um. I, I, you'll never get me to get worked up about these things. They, they don't give the tickets away. They don't give the parking away. They don't give the. This is not. It is not a reflection of interest in the team. Would it be cool for there to be more people there? Absolutely. Can we all do the math on why perhaps there wouldn't be? School just started. School just started. School just started, and it was a midweek series against a Cardinals team that there is no rivalry with. There is no feel for. Ironically, they do have superstars. It's just that this year they're not very good. So there was not any juice for the series. Yes, you would like it to be that the Orioles are so good that people just will go out of their way. I would love that too. The Orioles didn't do any particular giveaways this week. They they were not clearly not concerned about it. Do I wish there were more people at the ballpark? Yeah, I guess. I I, I do. Do I think it would have made a difference in whether or not the Orioles went 1-for-12 with runners in scoring position or could get an effing hit against Drew Rahm last night? I I don't think so. But, you know, it would have been fun to find out. It would have been neat to see if maybe he could have forced like a wild pitch after Gunnar Henderson got a triple in the ninth inning by just having a, a crazed crowd. Sure, it would be neat. But I'm you're just not going to be the one to get me to be worked up about it. I bet tonight there will be a... Smaller, it'll be bigger than what we had for the Cardinals series. I'll be there. You're going tonight. Yeah, I'll I think it'll be twenty plus thousand, and then of course yeah. it'll be. I think for Friday and Saturday it'll be crazy. Friday will be crazy. Saturday yeah. will be a big crowd, but probably not quite what as big as Saturday's game. Saturday is a, is it a night, night game? game, right? Isn't it? Isn't it Saturday a night game? Or I don't think it's a four o'clock game. 
<laughs> this K- is Casey is ready, by the way. All right, well, so. fine. We probably should get to him because we screwed. Yeah, Saturday is a 7 o'clock game. And Sunday will be tough because it's on at the same time as the Orioles. I think there'll be a good crowd, but I don't think it'll be a, a sold-out type of crowd for Sunday. All right, uh, joining us now to make some picks for this week. He is our buddy. He's with Fantasy Pros now. Uh, he's, I'm going to force him to keep popping in for uh, the Project Game Day during the course of the season, and uh, and, and maybe we got to move the camera a little bit when he does. He is our friend Ken Zalis, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's up, pal? How are you? I'm great. Yeah, you got bu- you? you got bumped for Gio Bernard today. I'm sorry. It's what it is. If for you who? Gio Bernard, you've Who's heard that? of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice try. How many fantasy teams has Gio Bernard been on in your life? A lot. He yeah. Used to be good. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I figured. So I I apologize. That's what happened today. He told us he had to go at the same time. That's I I just want to be a man about it and say I chose Gio Bernard over you, and I always will. All right. I just need you to know that. Okay. Okay. That's fantastic. But also, what, what are we what are we doing here? Is uh, Maryland having a whiteout again this week? It's a blackout actually on Friday. It's a blackout. Yeah. Did did they did did they paint the stands this for this week? What, what is your what what is this? What is your deal? Just get to the part where you pick Virginia. I don't blame you. Um, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand that. Real quick. <laughs> yes. So we're about to make our picks. By the way, uh, picks yes. uh, are going to be brought to you, of course, by Superbook, and they'll be providing all of the odds for picks this week. Of course, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. And when you do, you will get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. So you could win your bet, make a bunch of money, and still have $250 worth of free bets. Of course, that's up to $250. If you make a $75 bet, it'll be $75. You make a $750 bet, it'll be $250. That's the way that it works, win or lose. Again, use the code GlennClark23, Superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. Casey, why are you bailing on this week's side bet? What? What? Why is this seem so difficult to everybody? This is not that big of a deal. It, 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 it's not that big a deal, but I, I work at a school. So and, do I. I just want know, a nice well, picture well, of you. I just want a picture of your face. This is. You're gonna have a picture of my face saying what what I'm doing. Well, so, yes. No. Well, know what's going on. I understand, but uh, nobody's well, yeah. nobody's well, gonna uh, see you know, it. I have done. I does have done this, many. Things does the school here. think you don't wipe? Is that what the case is? Yeah, that's what it is. This is ridiculous. So, for those that don't know, Griffin, do me a favor. Grab, I think they're down on the floor over there. Grab them. Uh, I just saw this pop up on the internet, and when the moment I saw it, I said, Welp, gonna have to get them. Gotta give it a try. They, uh, the Dude Wipes Corporation. No, leave them, leave them, leave them. Uh, what? No, 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 no. We're going to show this because I want everybody to see that it says Dumpkin Spice on the outside sticker. Dumpkin Spice. Yes, Pumpkin Spice Dude Wipes. And so uh, the side bet that Griffin and I have for this week is that the loser will have to uh, take a dude wipe, go into the bathroom, and we will uh, will have the camera on our face and we will (laughs) describe what it is that the, uh, the sensation is. When we attempt uh, to uh, use the pumpkin spice dude wipe, so that is that is the side bet for this week, and we put it out to all the boys, and they all said, "Nah, I'm good." Lame, yeah, lame. Really, Nobody's no fun. Really this sad. group. We got really more people. Really and really I don't even. I, can somebody share the the like chart with me? I, I don't have access. Oh. Uh, I don't even know if the chart's been updated. We've had a rough season. The Griffin Griffin's yeah. been. I was telling Griffin he needed to take ownership right, of it, right. and I don't I, think that's occurred. All right, here's where we are. 
after three weeks, we are Ken Zalis by really? a nose is in front, thirteen and six. Hell of a start to the season for KZ. Two games back, Griffin and Kyle Ottenheimer. Three games back, Andrew Stetka still closer to the top wow. of the table, and Nick Kelly. Five games back, Eek. myself, Paul Valley, and Ryan Chell, who has dug his way out of the uh, bottom of the table. I'm only a game up on the bottom of the table because John Proctor and John Keller are both 7-12 and 12 on the year. John and Little Rock, that is. John Proctor and John and Little Rock. It's been a bad year to be a John. Remember, the... Uh, the, the pro- Which our loser's going to be sitting on. That's right, yes. correct. <laughs> Nicely done, Griffin. Look at you. The uh, the prize at the end of the year is some cash. It'll be 250 bucks as long as everybody gets their money in. If they don't get in by the end of week three, they are ineligible to win, but still eligible to be the loser. That's the way that it works. Loser, of course, is the thing we're all trying to avoid. That person will have to pay the penalty of taking Irish dance lessons, then performing said Irish dance while dressed as the Notre Dame mascot, also consuming haggis, tripe, and blood sausage, washing it down, with a Will Levist Irish coffee, that's, of course, uh, mayonnaise in your Irish coffee, and also doing uh, some musical numbers, both Nothing Compares to You and Zombie by the Cranberries. That's what's at stake for our loser. Three college games, six NFL games. As always, Griffin, it is a terrible, terrible college slate, so how are we handling that? Uh, We're going to start with Friday night's game between the Terps and the Virginia Cavaliers. The Cavs come to College Park to take on the Terps in a blackout, as I mentioned. It's on FS1. At seven o'clock, I'll be there at that one too. Uh, oh, UMD, look at you. you got a big yeah, weekend no, ahead of you. Uh, UMD favored by fourteen and a half. That hook, the hook in this. That one. hook. Yeah. That's that hooks a son of a bitch. Um, I I know what Ken's doing, and I don't blame him for it whatsoever. That said, Virginia is also really bad. Yeah, and that makes it more difficult this time around. And Maryland didn't have Tyrese Chambers last week, and. There was some sort of chicanery at foot where they fell behind 14 nothing. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I am probably going to end up agreeing with KZ more often than I disagree when it comes to Maryland, but Virginia just lost to James Madison. <sighs> Jamie's good. I mean, Now I'm going to try to talk myself right back into... I'm just going Maryland. I'm just going to go Maryland here, and it's because I don't think... I just think that Virginia is is not there. So Maryland is the pick, but I don't I god I wish it was just 14. I would do anything for it to just be 14. Can you, is it my turn? Yes, yeah. you go next. So just go ahead and say it. Uh JMU's really good. They're better than Maryland. Virginia lost Ooh. to them by a point. Let's, let's ease up on all that. Wow. You're just James, saying James you're saying things. They're better now. than Maryland. James Madison's not better than Maryland. Can We're I just ask you a question as a as a big Maryland you know sports well, fan? That you ease are, up on that. Supporter, I am a I am a Maryland supporter, fan. Supporter I'm a Maryland of, fan, but you're, the, when you say big Maryland program. football fan, like it's not like I'm going. Griffin's what, going to what, the game. Was it was it was it not embarrassing to have a national televised game on NBC? And have zero people show up. Well, actually, a lot of people showed up and then didn't go into the game. For the record, the I don't know if you heard, there was a lightning delay at the beginning of the game, and so a lot of people actually showed up and just didn't go. Yes, it's a really weird bit. Um, Okay. Now look, man, it's what it is. If you, I just is it embarrassing? No, it's not a bit. This is Maryland football. What do you? Think that I my expectations are Ken. I don't know. Like you can't I mean, possibly think that I'm sitting here saying to you're myself, a college, "You're a college campus on a on a on a Saturday night 
on you're on NBC as the national game of the week and the stadium. Like, if I'm a kid, it's like, why am I going to Maryland? What do you mean, like There's a player? There. They don't care. Wait, that that was awful. It was awful. My, my sister wasn't was there. It was embarrassing. Ken, I don't Ken, care if the Ken, I don't care if the lightning was there. You're, 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 <laughs> it's a, it's so bizarre that this is the type of you're doing like a Drew Forrester bit now about. I know it's, it's fun, isn't it? It's not. Um, it's I'm taking dumb. Virginia by a million. Wow, of you are. by a million. Of course you are. Um, yeah. Go ahead, put aside that. You got to do the pumpkin spice dude wipes. The Virginia win. I already. The, I already. Yeah, see my my bet. I've already taken the Cavaliers at my fourteen. And no, I'm saying if Virginia, if Virginia, you're talking, you said by a million, so they're going to win outright, right? Yes, Cavs win outright. Okay, so what happens if they don't win outright? Let's have a fun side bet. Nothing, here. nothing happens. No, come on, Ken. Put your, put your ass where your yeah, mouth is. Yeah, say exactly. I'm not doing this. Just, just continue. All right, you have You've to eat. Put, you have to eat a pumpkin spice dude. <laughs> the fries is good. Go ahead. They're flushable, so go they ahead. probably are edible. Go ahead. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think Virginia's any good. Uh, I think it, I think this will be a good atmosphere this week, Friday night. Um, not not that it, the wins over Charlotte or Towson weren't impressive, but I think Maryland, you know, puts together their their best game of the year so far. And I hope, I, think, I hope I they do. Did you say that? Did you say that last week? Mm, I don't think I said no because I took Charlotte last week. Yeah, we, yeah. I think we all took Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm taking Maryland. On Virginia will be joining Ken will be Paul, Kyle, and Ryan Schell. I don't know what's good and what's bad yeah, this no, year. I have no idea who I think yeah, I want to have Steph on my side. We have on our side. So. Wait, it sounds like we also have the Johns on our we side. We do have the uh, Yeah, oh, we do no. have the Johns. Oh, oh no. We've got the wrong group. We've got the wrong group. Bad news for us. <laughs> uh, moving to tonight, uh, the Navy midshipmen take on oh, is Memphis. This how, is this how bad the week is? we yeah. got to go with the Navy. <laughs> Navy at I, Memphis. There were, I can't believe you. There were good college football games. No, there games aren't. No, there aren't. There are not good college football games this week. There's like okay. nerd. There's, 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 there's games that are good if you're a nerd. Like if you're a nerd and you're going to sell on something, there are not good college football games. There's non-conference matchups, but none of them are. It's like Michigan, Michigan State's playing somebody. Michigan State stinks yeah. and doesn't have a coach. Exactly. Yeah, Michigan State's playing – I don't remember who they're playing. Yeah, because I remember that one. I was like, yeah, that's kind of a Washington. Washington. Washington's coming to. And everybody, so everybody's going to pick Washington by a billion. Like, there is not a. There are just terrible college football matchups this weekend. Go ahead. Uh, the Memphis Tigers favored by 14 even. That's at 7.30 tonight on ESPN. I mean, I hate saying it, but Memphis. Like, it's, you know, on top of everything, right. it's a short week. Because you got to see it from. Navy didn't even put up that many points against Wagner on Saturday. Yeah. Like you got well, to see them do it with They Brian. also had a delay in that game, like the middle. They middle did of the in game. the middle of it. They were struggling in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, look, I I believe that they'll get moving at some point, but it's one of those things where you're gonna have to see it until you bet on it. And short week and on the road, it's two touchdowns, Memphis. I just love how Griff makes an excuse for every team. There was a delay. They were playing Wagner. <laughs> Come playing on. Wagner. They were playing Wagner. They're, they're playing they're Wagner. Play- you, you didn't even know Wagner had I, a I don't really. I don't really know. Week. For the record, I don't really know if Memphis is going to be any good this season or not. That's I don't a, know either, but yeah. Navy's, Navy has been awful. Uh, I don't I don't see any way you can take Navy, so Memphis. I'm going to take Navy. I think, God bless you. I think American Patriot game- over here. <laughs> I think the game is going to be a little bit of a slog, like a little low scoring, and so it'll be hard for a team to win by two. Based scores. on what? That that it's Navy defense, and they're going to try to keep it close. I, I'm taking Navy in the defense. Okay. Against yeah. Memphis here. They do they, have a. They, 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 they stuff. They stuff them onto Wagner football team. I'm shot. Yeah, exactly. They shut out Wagner. Come they on. did. They did shut hard out Wagner. That. You're right about hard that. Hard to shut out anyone. <laughs> 
for the record, Towson I do think it'll somewhere. Maryland. I do think it'll be somewhere between the zero that they gave up to Wagner and the forty-two that they gave up to Notre Dame. I somewhere do think you're between. right about that. It'll be between those. I am surprisingly things. not alone. Uh, joining me with Navy is Ryan Schell, and that is it. Okay. Well, it's Everyone what, else, it's what it is. Hey, look, man, it, I, it would be awesome. How cool would it be if Navy? Not if they covered. That does nothing for me. They better not lose by thirteen. If somehow Navy were to win, it would be great news that would make us think that there is more there, but. I just need to see it before I can believe it. Uh, final college game of the slate at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. We're going to the college football capital of the world, Boulder, Colorado. Number 18, Colorado hosts Colorado State. This is this is not a good football game, and yet it's both where it, not only is college game day there, Fox's pregame show is there as well. That's how bad the Which college football slate is. You go to game days, for <laughs> God's sakes. Um, that's how bad the college football slate is this week. This is a terrible game. And it's where both of the pregame shows are going to be from. That's what the weekend has in store Colorado for us. Colorado minus 23. I, I hate that number. Of course you're picking Colorado. I mean, of course you are. You'd be insane to not. Go ahead. Um, I hate the number as well. And I was going to switch this this morning until the Colorado State um, yeah, I saw that coach opened, opened his trap. So <laughs> I, I don't know what this number could be for me to not take Colorado. So I'll take Colorado. Yeah, Coach Prime's on auto bet until further notice. Uh, I think the Buffaloes might win this by 50. So I love this number. I'm taking them minus 23. Uh, we have one. Oh, we have a lone State wolf. Backer, a lone wolf, Andrew Stetka. Look at Andrew Stetka just <laughs> being Colorado reckless. State, just out here being reckless. Yeah, he's like, I got a little bit of a cushion here. Give, it, give, me, give me a how. <laughs> give it to me. Oh. Thank you. For That's Andrew our lone Stecker wolf there. for Andrew Stecka this week. Uh, also tonight on Prime Video, the return. Oh, now we go into the NFL. Yeah, to yes, the NFL, Amazon Prime Football Thursday night. We're making picks. Ken Zalis is with us. Eagles at the Vikings starts at 8-15. Uh, the Vikings are getting six points at home, and even six points, Eagles are the favorites. I, you, don't, you don't like picking road favorites on Thursday night football. No. But you know what else you don't like doing? Kirk Cousins in prime time. Just never like doing that. I don't like the number. I hate the number, but Eagles. So this is going to be a switch for me, and I, I reserve the right in my original picks at 1230 this morning. I, I wanted to go Vikings, but the, the offensive line for the Vikings is beat up. They're going to be missing their center. Um uh, nothing about the Vikings excited me last week. I I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, you're getting a lot of points at home on the Thursday, which which feels fishy, you know, in itself. Which is, but I I think I got to take the Vikings at home. I think they have a bounce back performance. I'm not sure if they're going to win, but six seems like a lot. They still have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. I think we'll have another good game. I, um. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings getting six points at home tonight. I've got good news for you. Kirk Cousins in his career, seven and three against the spread against the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. Uh you want some more news? Yeah. Is it bad news? Yeah. Oh great. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen and twenty four against the spread in prime time in his career as well. Well, that means he's won he's he's beaten it fifteen times. So Yeah. 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 Uh we are largely split on this. Oh, hang on. If you only sorry, they were lumping in uh, even like primary four o'clock or like uh, Thanksgiving oh, okay. games. He's actually in night games twelve and seventeen against the spread. So I think that percentage is not quite as bad. Yeah, not quite yeah. as bad. So you One got that going time. for you. Twelve times against the spread. Yeah. Uh, on the Vikings with me is Paul Valley, John in Little Rock, and Ryan Shell. 
Everybody else is on the Eagles. Oh, oh, it's 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 a uh, four and fourteen. All right, never mind. Go ahead. Four I'm looking 14. at some of the numbers. I'm looking at some of the numbers, but this Wait, is a straight up straight. It's oh, a straight up like number, a... so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's irrelevant. Um, Packers at the Falcons moving to Sunday on Fox. The Falcons are getting one point at home. Yeah, who, th- who thought this would be a game that we would include in our list? But they are both one and zero. Undefeated. I don't know. I just. I, I don't I think the Packers might have something going on and I don't I think the Falcons just won a game because they played against a bad opponent. I, I just don't think there's a there there yet with the Falcons. Obviously outside of their running back, their running back's very good. Um but out other than that, I don't see a there there with them, whereas the Packers do we know yet about Christian Watson for this week? Uh, I think he didn't pa- practice yesterday. No, that's not a good Casey, sign. Do you know? That's not a good sign. No, we don't we don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm still it's we don't it's, know about him or Aaron Jones yet. It's a it's a point the Packers. Yeah, it's a point, so it's a pickup game. I, I I like what I saw more from the Packers than I did uh, the Falcons, so uh, I'll take the Packers. Watson did not practice yesterday, hey. uh, but yeah, I think Jordan Love. I think I think the Packers found another one with Jordan Love, so well, I will. I'm you know maybe let's no, see. Uh, you're doing that after one game. Let's. So I'll take the Packers as well. We have our second lone wolf of oh. the week, John Proctor. Yeah, John Proctor. Howling. Give it Howling. Thank you. With the Falcons. How about that? At home, so who knows? Chiefs at the Jaguars. Uh, the Jags are home underdogs getting three and a half against the defending world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that's on CBS at one. I'm going to regret this, but everybody knows good teams getting points at home. Just go ahead and sign me up. Jaguars, and they are, for what it's worth, seven and one against the spread in their last eight games. And one of the difficult things when you try to look at betting trends is you say to yourself, like, yeah, but like you're pulling up numbers from when the Jaguars stunk. We know they're better. That something flipped for the Jaguars the midway point of last season. Well, one of the things that flipped is they're seven one against the spread in their last eight games. Um, they weren't very impressive in Week One. Obviously, the Chiefs weren't either. Do we do we know about Travis Kelsey yet this week? Travis Kelsey he practiced yesterday. He practiced yesterday, so you assume he's going to play yesterday. But yeah, but if he's if he practiced, you would like to think that that means. Although I don't know, Mark Andrews practiced he last better week. Play. <laughs> um, Jaguars. They're getting points at home. Jaguars. I, I the same thing. I, I Kansas City has to, you know, look better for me to to trust them again on the road. Um. I mean, like, I, I don't think their wide receivers can play as bad as they did. I, I know that's not a well, good I group. Don't, no, no, I agree with you, but I, it's just something didn't look right, and it was more than the wide receivers to me. Um, you know, maybe it's the whole Kelsey thing, and right. that solves everything. Chris Jones, uh, I guess, will be back too, so. Yeah, so we'll see. I I, I like the Jags' offense. I think they can score. Um, they, it's, it's, like you said, 7-1 and one against the spread. The last eight games, I'll take the three and a half. Yeah, I'm simpatico with you guys. Jags getting points at home, probably for the last time this season, I would think. Uh, so I will take the Jaguars plus three and a half. We do have a few on the Chiefs. On the Chiefs is Paul Valley, John Proctor, uh, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stecka. No, it makes sense. On the Jags. No, or, or, sorry, I messed on that the up. Chiefs, I messed right. that up. Yeah, hold on. Paul, uh, John Proctor, John, uh, John, and Little Rock. So the. So, yeah, both Johns and Nick Kelly on the Chiefs. So, those are the three. Both Johns yeah. and Nick Kelly. You said that well. And Paul. Yeah, I know I missed oh, God, man. Are you are you keeping the chart? I have, yes, I have. I have it. But, like, the chart that I'm looking at, I might need you to update it this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I, I should be able to. You're struggling. Yeah. You're struggling. All right, go ahead. 
San Francisco 49ers, the game that Glenn will not be able to watch at the LA Rams. 405 so on much. Fox. Yeah, but we get the Giants and the Cardinals here, so that's good. Rams are eight point underdogs at home. I mean, this one really tests me because when I say good team getting points at home, you have to bet them. Well, that's what I said last week about the Steelers. And the 49ers went across the country and kicked their ass. So, what do I do here? I don't think the do, do we know anything about when when is Cooper Cup going to play? Do we know? Uh, he's on IR, right? So so he's not. Yeah, he's four weeks for sure. All right, so we don't have to think about that. Um, yeah, IR. I think the Rams are a good team. I said that before the season. I think that we all got lost and we conflated the fact that yes, we knew that their depth was going to be tested with the fact that Matt Stafford got hurt last year, and that with a healthy Matt Stafford, the Rams are a good football team. Now I didn't think they were going to go win outright in Seattle in Week One. That surprised me. But they didn't just win outright. They they kicked their ass. Um, eight points at home is aggressive, man. That's an aggressive line. But I get it. The 49ers look every bit the part of the Super Bowl contender and probably look even more because I think some people thought that Brock Purdy coming off an injury might take a little while to get going. He looked great in week one on the road across the country in a 1 o'clock game. But I'm not... Eight points. Eight points at home for a team that I think is good. I, I got a bite. I'm going to hate myself for it, but give me the Rams. Puka's worth seven points by himself. I know. So, you, that's your um, guy. You love him. I got him, in a, guy, I got him in both hey, of my other leagues after you took to him. Be, to be fair, to be fair, I drafted him everywhere. Huh? It, these were not waiver wire pickups. I, well, um, I, the moment you told me about him, I said, you know what? I'll go. And in one league that I had already drafted in, I went and dropped somebody and picked them up. Of course, I didn't play him in either of these leagues last week. Oh, obviously. no, you didn't play him, but I said the whole – just see. Just see. And now we're um, going to play him this week, and, of course, he's going to have gonna five points. Gonna, well, but he plays in a role that I, I think he's – I think he's a safe floor guy. Right. How, how's that? All right. I don't know. I don't know if 10-120 is coming at us every week, but um, it's too many points for me. I, I think this is just so inflated because of how – bad the Steelers were last week and you know got off to a bad start and just went downhill uh divisional game I'll take the eight points I'll take the Rams yeah a, a lot of home dogs this week and I do like a lot of them so I'm gonna take uh Puka Nakua and the Rams as well getting uh eight points it's so, just a, it's just such Rams. a huge number yeah on the 49ers. Now, this, is, it's bad. If we're all getting on it that means you know yeah. it's a stinky well, number right, right, right. It's, yeah. a, it's six to four split so Nick Kelly John Proctor, Kyle Ottenheimer, and Paul Valley back in the 49ers. I get it. They looked really good. They looked really, really – they looked like monsters. Um, I, I I understand. I completely understand. Sunday Night Football, Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots, 820 on NBC. The Patriots, they're th- uh, getting three points at home, another home underdog. Yeah, but I said good teams getting points at home. I Here's the biggest number that, that jumped out to me. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Thank you. Um – the only path to the Patriots solving Miami is Bill Belichick devising a strategy. Tua Tungavailoa is 4-0 against the spread in his career against Bill Belichick. He ain't devising a strategy for this. Dolphins. I, I frankly am surprised the number... Like, normally, I can't... I don't think the home team should be such significant dogs. I'm stunned that the Patriots are only three-point dogs against the Dolphins. Stunned by that. Dolphins. 
Yeah, I I'm 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 right with you. I, I after the the offensive show that they put up um last week, I'm sort of happy that it's only a three point spread because if it was more and Belichick and all of that, I may have thought about it. But only three. I'll take the Dolphins. I, I think they're gonna be tough to stop offensively uh for most of the year. Yeah, interesting, I guess, early sketch. So that Miami starts at L.A. and then they come back to New England before they have a home well, game. I don't know if you've heard. There's tropical storms and hurricanes typically during this time of year in South Florida, so the yeah. NFL would rather not have them play games. Ravens or opened up in Miami. If it's, like, I, and maybe the NFL has learned they're learning. Yeah. that like it's not the place to start the season. This is where you play your December games. Even, even if there aren't tropical storms and hurricanes, it's 108 degrees. Maybe outdoors in Miami is not the place – that oh, you man. want teams playing in the first couple of weeks of the That's season. Such an advantage because they get the back, you know, back half of the schedule. Well, it certainly helps them. I don't disagree. Um, but. yeah, I'm with you guys. I think the Dolphins are really good. The Patriots aren't as aren't, aren't that great. Um, I wrote when I made my decision last night. I just wrote Dolphins by six. So yeah, Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins by six. It is. You better go bet it. You better go bet the <laughs> by six exactly. Exactly right. I'll bet one to exactly. six. Right. That's okay. The, uh, two backers of the New England Patriots, John Proctor. He is going. Uh, He's going all for it, and, right? Uh, Andrew Stecka as well, backing the New England right. Patriots this Very week. Good. Proctor, I believe, is in Cancun this week at uh, mm. his sister's wedding. They're doing a destination wedding, mm. so it's also possible that he was hammered. <laughs> He, I mean, he, he responded. I think he was the first one to get him back, which right, normally fair. is not the case. Well, I think he's there with his kids, so maybe he's not able to get hammered <laughs> the way that you would like to when you're at a wedding in Cancun. So that might be the case. Final game of the slate, Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. One o'clock on CBS. God, I love it when everybody, I we, whether it's Rocky Boyman, or we actually had Tony Pike on, uh, who is the former mm. Cincinnati quarterback and does a radio show out there. We had him on the radio show last night. And whenever they say Bengals, I just... I just giggle a little bit. Bangles. Like Bangles minus three. Like my guy Griffin. Like my guy Griffin. Bangles. Um Boy, I like this a lot more at three and a half, right? Yeah. God, I love this at three and a half. It was easy to pick the Ravens at three and a half. At three. You know, it's, you shouldn't feel that differently about it, but at three, you're thinking to yourself, they are depleted. And Bengals are probably pissed off about what happened last week. I don't know, man. I, I there's something about what happened last week that says to me it's it can't just be as easily explained as well. It was the right. weather, yeah. And then to say, well, it was also Joe Burrow being hurt. Well, then, like, okay, what does he look like right now? On the flip side, if he's right, a secondary with no Marlon Humphrey and no Marcus Williams against that is a nightmare scenario. This is one of the most difficult Ravens games. I've ever attempted to pick. I have no feel for this game. So I really was just falling in the trap of, you're giving me three and a half points, and I think the Ravens are pretty good. I'll I'll, I'll say they, they have a shot to stay within three or maybe win, so that's easy. When you take that away, I, I guess what you do is say, I still think that's the case, and worst case scenario is I end up with a push, but I don't like it. I'm going to take the Ravens only because of the points, but I don't like it. I don't feel anything about this football game. It is one of the weirdest games I've ever felt to pick, and like part of that is the Ravens are missing so much for this game. But ultimately, with the points, Ravens. Hmm. Outside of the Maryland game, it's the easiest game on the slate for me to pick. Um, 
I, I don't see it. They're too hurt. They're banged up in the secondary. They're the other team the threw for 82 yards last week. That that that's that's terrific, and I don't expect them to throw for 81 again against the beat up secondary. And I also the 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 Ravens have struggled with the Cincinnati pass rush in the past. Um, who knows? I don't even know who the center is for the Ravens. Well, it's Mustafer. Okay. Yeah, he's probably really good. Well, um, at least it's, he's at least started in the NFL. It's not like they're putting in somebody who's never played before. <laughs> I, I just, I just can't. I just can't pick him on the road. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they go and blow him out by thirty, and you know all that fun stuff. But it's only three. So same way, I'm on the other side of it. If the Ravens play a great game and and it turns out to be a push, it turns out to be a push. Um, but I, I'll take Cincinnati. Um. Yeah, I I really I wish the hook was here too, but uh, I mean, still, I I like the the differences, and you know, we're worried about the secondary and and what the Bengals could potentially do, but the Ravens still have Lamar Jackson, and Lamar is six and one, I believe, against the Bengals, uh, just straight up. So I think that's enough for me to to have enough count, and they still have Justin Tucker, so three points doesn't scare me enough. I will take the Ravens. All right. On the Bengals with Ken Zalis is going to be Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenhot, or no, sorry, excuse me, Paul Valley. There's, there, I, I got to figure out. I might have to figure out a better way to do, do this because I have all the names really close. Ken and Paul on the Bengals, along with Nick Kelly. So three backers of the Bengals. All right, very good. You so, have to update the sheet this week. Okay. Well, now, what games did you and I pick? Yeah, that's the thing. Our our, bet? uh, our bet's gonna be decided tonight. <laughs> Are you serious? We pick every other game the same way. <laughs> this is the problem. I mean, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's funny. Jesus, but it's so, uh, wait, but it's, big, we pick both the games differently yeah, tonight. Yeah, so I, it's so Navy, it's, it's totally so, so, it's so totally possible we both tomorrow. have to do this. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Well, so I'm do not this be tomorrow. The, I'm just, not gonna be, just get I'm, the I'm bet not, over tomorrow. I'm not here tomorrow, unfortunately. So that's not an option. What? God. Yeah, I got a I got an event. Clock Clock Radio. Yeah, what? I don't know if you heard. I uh, I have other jobs and other things, and I got to go. I'm working for USA Volleyball this weekend, so I got to go. Oh, that'll be fun. It will be fun. I enjoy that. No, I'm serious. That'll be fun. I enjoyed a great deal, and I'm looking forward to it. Where's it at? Uh, it's we are hosting it at Stevenson. It's a nice. Uh, that's how I got the gig a couple years ago. USA Volleyball Very said, nice. "Hey, we're doing this uh, this event. It's all the top uh, uh, collegiate beach players in the country. We try to figure out who we can put in the Olympic pipeline." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." I, yeah, I was like, fun. "I've never done beach volleyball before, but it sounds like fun." They're like, "You can do it in your bare feet," and I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome!" So I'm looking. So, you, to so it. okay, so they're doing it at the pit over there. Okay, cool. Yep, it's a fun event. Very, very fun yeah. event. All right, KZ. Of course, Fantasy Pros is where you find him now at Fans Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, appreciate you. Can even you. find my rankings on the faces uh, on on Pressbox Online now. Wait, what? What? Who? Huh? Wait, 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 what's the story? You're back with Pressbox? Do I not no, know that? I'm, I'm, they're just they're just uh, Pressbox is putting my rankings on there. Oh well, how about that? Welcome back. How about that? You don't have another yeah. uh, Thursday night parlay, Ken? Uh, um. No, I haven't put one out yet. Okay, okay. Well, let us last know. Because last week's was... Oh, yeah? How'd it, it go? It, it, it How'd it go? It How'd it go? I felt so good about it, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. It's Bye. Ken Zalis uh, with us here for picks. All right, you're on Minnesota and Navy. I'm on Memphis and, and Philadelphia. Yes. Whew. What combo? Did we decide that if we, if we tie... I mean, I guess... I think if we tie, nobody has to do it. We're not like going to do that. it. I think if we tie, because it's just the two, because nobody else got in, because nobody else had yeah. the guts. If we tie, nobody's got to do it. 
All right. Have fun doing it. Well, I mean, I'm still going to try it. Like, I'm still going to, I'm just not going to do it on camera, <laughs> is the way that it's going to go. Go Navy. All right. It's, oh, man. That's so awkward for me. Oh, God. Man, I'm going to be at the Oriole game, too. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit in two, but to wrap it up for Thursday. Edition. No, we already used our, uh, Third break. We are spent. We already did our third break. Yeah, we, we did. We hit three breaks. Why don't we do our third break? Uh, right after Andy, right before Ken. Did we really? Yeah. We did our and second one right before. And before we did the Bowser right show. Did Bowser. Well, how about that? We can just wrap up. Yeah. What a world. All right. Tidbit is brought to you then today. Oh, Glenn Clark, right? Remember what I said about my brain? The Owen sixteen Browns over here. Tidbit is brought to you today by... Oh, Griffin, tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel, if you don't mind. want to tell you what they got going on over at David's. Something new over at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. You can check out David's new menu featuring the barbecue ribs, strawberry cheesecake waffles, blue bay mussels, and, of course, the snow crab legs by the pound. Your perfect gin and tonic is just a shake away as you craft your perfect combo. And be sure to stay for live music every Thursday through Sunday over at David's at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondal Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, very good. What do you got for tidbit? The Braves, they have, are, they're the fourth team in MLB, MLB history with a 50 home run hitter and another player with 50 stolen bases in a single season. Uh, the two, well, the most pre, most recent team to do it, 20, well, first of all, you know the two players, right, of the Braves? To do, to 50, do. One player has 50 home runs, one player has 50 stolen it's, bases. It's Olsen and Acuna. Yes. 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 Good job. 2017 Marlins and the 1995 Cleveland uh, baseball team. And the, oh, sorry, the, the fourth team. So the, the right, 2000 Chicago on. Cubs. Right, hang on. 95 mm-hmm. Cleveland. Kenny Lofton. Uh, yes. And Albert Bell? Albert Bell. All right, you said 2000 Chicago? Yes. Uh, Sosa? Correct. And, oh, God, who would have been the base dealer on that team? Was, God, 2000? So this is a couple years after the Bartman. No, the was right, the Bartman thing. What year was the Bartman thing? Oh. The, was that, when was Bartman? I don't even remember now. Because oh, oh, uh, oh, 03 was the Bartman thing, because that was the Marlins winning the World Series. Oh, 03. Oh, 03. Yeah. So it's a couple years before the Bartman thing. So who was on the 2000 Chicago team? Man. Would that have been... It's a tough one. This one's this is the hardest one. It's the hardest one. So it wasn't one of like was it an infielder? Yes, it was. It's an infielder. Yeah, nobody else on the team. I mean, was even close. So, but I, I can't. Bless for, I can't for the life of me remember like which of those guys was Alex Gonzalez. Was that not Alex Gonzalez? He was. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of one All Star year with the Colorado Rockies in '96. Oh, it was Eric Young. 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 Good job. And then with the 2017. And you know what? I should have known that off the top. But damn it. Fifty-four steals for 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 which team? For the uh, the 2017 Marlins. Uh, The Marlins. 2017. Was that Solaire? Not Solaire. I don't think he was up yet. 2017 Marlins. Then is it? This is one that I definitely should get, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. 2017 Marlins. Oh, is uh, Stanton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giancarlo Stanton on the 2017 Marlins. And he hit 59 that year. That's too late for it to be Juan Pierre. Yeah, too late. D. Gordon. D. Gordon. D. D Strange Gordon. Gordon. I guess well, he was still D. Gordon at the, at the time, yeah. Uh, is that good enough? Or you want another one? Oh, I was pretty good, actually. I think I did better than I expected yeah, to do well on done. that, for well the done. record. 
I only stumbled on two of them. Ah, three of them because I I did guess. Yeah. Ah, but still, no, you got Still, I think I did pretty well. well. On second Those guesses, were yeah. pretty good too. Uh, what was the other one going to be? What it was, was it, uh, it had to? to do with uh, the receiving yards in the NFL after Justin Jefferson had a big game on. Uh, uh, and you want to do that because they're playing the night, and yeah. so it might not be. Yeah, all right, all right fine, go Justin ahead. Justin Jefferson had the ninth game in his young career of 150 receiving yards despite the loss uh, against the Bucks on Sunday. It is the most games by a player before turning 25, most games of 150 yards before turning 25. Can you name all the guys? That have had five such games before the age. Not of a chance. I mean, the age thing makes it so impossible. Six of them. It's so difficult. I'll, Julio. Not Julio. Then there's zero. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yes, he had eight. How many guys are on this list? Uh, six. The so age thing. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Not Calvin Johnson. Andre Johnson. Not Andre. What the f? <laughs> what is this list? Uh, it's stupid Antonio Brown. No, not stupid Antonio Brown. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Not DeAndre Hopkins. What is this list? Uh, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is on the list. He had five games. I thought the age thing might actually screw it up. I don't think Terrell Owens will be on the list because of the age. Terrell he Owens. Not Terrell Owens. Yeah, I think it, like his came later. And I think same for Steve Smith, right? Like his yeah, came later Steve in his Smith. career. How about uh, Torrey Holt? Not Tory Holt. Reggie Wayne. Not Reggie Wayne. Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce on this list. Six games of 150 before turning. Marvin Harrison. Not Marvin Harrison. Tyreek Hill. Not Tyreek Hill. Two active players. Michael Thomas. Not Michael Thomas. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is on this list. Another active player. Yeah. Another active player. We've been talking Devontae about Adams. Not Devontae Adams. We talked about him quite a lot this year. We've talked about him Since quite April. a lot. Oh, uh, the Odell Beckham. Odell yeah. Beckham. Odell Beckham Jr. And then the other one uh, he played a long time ago. Uh, James Lofton. Not James. Steve Largent. He was a uh, L.A. Charger. Oh, uh, Allworth. Lance Allworth. Yeah. Correct. All right. Very good. Very good. Here's what's uh, coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Rays Orioles, 7-15. Not a 6-30 start tonight. 7-15 on Fox. Don't look for it on Masson. Fox tonight, John Smoltz, and I don't even know who the play-by-play person is. On the broadcast tonight, Aaron Savale and Kyle Bradish, the pitching matchup. ESPN, Navy Memphis, 7.30. BTM Plus, Maryland, Michigan, soccer, 7 o'clock. Amazon Prime, Vikings-Eagles, 8.15. Uh, college football, Bethune-Cookman, Miami, 7.30 on ACC Network. Uh, this afternoon, Mass and MLB TV for Nationals Pirates, 12.30. MLB Network, Reds-Tigers at 1. Diamondbacks-Mets at 4. ESPN Plus, Marlins Brewers at 2. There's a golf tournament of some sort at 6 o'clock on the Golf Channel. I don't know what it is. It's the Fortnite Championship. So Fortnite? Oh. I, sure, I don't know. That's what they they Fox, probably get a lot of people to watch. If they yeah, probably would. Called it Fortnite. Uh, and then a truck series race at 9 o'clock from Bristol on Fox Sports 1. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? It's uh, Joe Davis uh, and John Smoltz. Ah, Joe Davis. Ken yeah. Rosenthal. Ah, Baltimore. Well, not, I mean, kind of Baltimore. So former Baltimorean, Ken Rosenthal. Uh, yeah, nothing tonight. Okay, very yeah. good. Find it at GlennClarkRadio.com. You're watching the Navy, Memphis, and Eagles, uh, Vikings I'll, game. I'll be watching the Orioles game primarily, and then I'll be poking in on the other two as well. 
All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox. Oh, thanks, first of all, to our guest today. Thanks to KZ. Thanks also to Gio Bernard, as well as to Rocky Boyman. We'll get all of it up. Andy in the, Freed. Oh, Andy Freed, right. I'm so sorry. Andy Freed. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. I will not be here tomorrow, but Stan will be here with Griffin. There will be a show tomorrow. Ryan Spielborgs will join the program. He is on the call tomorrow night uh, for Orioles Rays on Apple TV. Of course, we'll have segment number three of the Tyus Bowser show and stuff and yeah, things. Stuff and things. Stan, I'll get, Stan, I'll get you set for uh, the Bengals-Ravens game. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Go Navy. Go Navy. Definitely go Navy and go Vikings. Duke sucks.